Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this. is Beauty and the Beta. And we will make America great again. <laughs> Myself, um, as an immigrant and refugee, I certainly find the selection uh, deeply offensive. There are people who are very afraid, many groups, women, blacks, people who are afraid based on religion, the LGBTQ community. We do think that history is on our side. I would say that the moral arc of history is long, but it bends toward progress. That was the first moment I really felt like we were going to lose. And it was this massive kick in the gut, and it was really painful. Can I move to Canada? <laughs> Toronto and uh, Waterloo can't handle us all, I'm afraid. Speaking to white men, there's an opportunity to understand your privilege in the society, read about the real history of oppression in our country, and I promise to do this. Oh, good for you! You are fake news. I don't give a fuck. Very fake. Skag three wherever he is. Get your blood man, you out of here! I can't read it. There's no there's no words on it. Alright, go, go. We'll do it live. We'll do it live! Don't write it and we'll do it live! Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show, frankly. The best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen, flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde Welcome. Hello. Post-move now. Yes. I am moved. I'm no longer in the belly of the beast. I'm going to have to do some (laughs) rebranding. The Um, Blonde, formerly known as the one in the belly of the beast. Yeah, as though my name couldn't be any longer, right? Yeah. I don't know. Cool. Well, uh, as people can see, you're in a new setting. Unfortunately, I've learned that your movers lost your lighting kit. It seems so. Or something. Yeah, so I'm extra shiny because I have a lamp right above my head. So we're making do. You know, there's a little more duct tape than usual tonight, but we'll get through it. Uh, Anyway, congratulations on that. And uh, and, um, anyway, people people may have noticed, too, it's been a little while since we've had a guest on the show. I guess it has, yeah. It's been, you know, it's been tough to tough to work through a lot of that stuff with everything that's going on in terms of move and complications and scheduling and all that stuff. So we're not quitting on guests. We'll have them back. It's just, you know, we're working through One day. the process right now. No beta. I'm looking at you. Yeah. We, yeah. Please respond to our emails. Please just this once give a fuck and respond <laughs> to our emails. Anyway, the news stops for nobody, not for blondes move, not for any, uh, any prospective guests, nobody okay. hurricane Florence powers through the Carolinas over the weekend and the hurricane has gotten political because of course everything gets political. So we'll look at all the political stories to emerge out of it. It's funny. Somehow this is in one way or another, somebody else's fault or pointing fingers about uh, pointing fingers about natural disasters, especially when by all accounts that I've seen, there's not a lot of horrible things that have gone wrong so far in this particular event, but for the fact that it is a natural disaster, right? But still, people are pointing fingers everywhere. It's your fault. It's your fault. Well, yeah. it's kind of called the weather or the earth <laughs> or the natural order of things. 
but we'll get uh, we'll get through some of those reactions. You heard it in the intro there, a video recording of a of a Google company meeting after Trump's election gets leaked to Breitbart and they publish this. And I watched through the full hour. I've cut down a highlight reel we'll go through. It's kind of like watching a parody or like something you'd imagine you would the happen. Full hour. Yeah, I did. I did. Wow. I wanted to hear this thing. Huh. Uh, it's it's like if you sat down and had to imagine the things that they would say if you were writing fiction or something. Right. That right. that's what they had to say. So we'll go through no some of it is just though. I mean, were you surprised by anything you heard? I guess I'm su- maybe surprised is the wrong word. I I'm not surprised by the election crying. I'm surprised by it in that context, I guess. Like a company as massive as Google that they're going to sit around and have these election tiers that I guess are supposedly representative of the entire company. Mm-hmm. Is that them projecting that onto their employees or is that just true that all of their employees are crying about Trump winning and Hillary losing? All of their employees are crying. That's a Trump lot of that. That's, that's some serious group think if that's the case. Mm-hmm. And then, but there is some, there's some trouble, stu- troublesome stuff in there beyond just the election crying. There's some talk about, there's one question in particular. Oh, this happened because of all the fake news. What can Google do to stop the fake news? And the CEO doesn't say, well, we shouldn't be controlling information. <laughs> he says, well, we'd like to. We just don't have the technology yet. Yet. It's a, it's a really bad answer. And I want to highlight that one in particular. Uh, developing now, Kavanaugh, Brad Kavanaugh, Supreme Court nominee Brad Kavanaugh, is getting thoroughly Me Too'd in the last-ditch effort to keep him off the court. It was previously anonymous, an anonymous 35-year-old Me Too accusation. Now the accuser has come out, so we'll take a look at that. As of today, I actually didn't learn that she was out with her name until like a couple hours ago. Mm-hmm. So we'll go through everything she has to say. Paul Manafort pleads uh, guilty to additional crimes and apparently will cooperate with the Mueller investigation. I haven't read about this in detail uh, because it's uh, this. I perpetually don't care about until you have incriminating evidence on the president himself. Right, I right. don't care. We should just breeze but, through that one because I also don't care. But in the NBC News article that we're going to talk about, you have to get like halfway through the article to see even what the counts were. Yeah because they don't want to be explicit about it since yeah. it's clearly not related to Russia. And there was some interesting reporting from NBC where they went and asked everyday Americans about Mueller and Russia, yeah. and they inadvertently demonstrated, we don't care. <laughs> we don't care at all. Okay. Um, we, we haven't talked about it yet. It was kind of the controversy of the week, and I know it's sort of talked to death at this point, but we haven't discussed it. We'll discuss a little bit of the Serena Williams stuff, not only her tantrum, but the cartoon, the racist cartoon controversy. There are a couple of police shooting incidents that were noteworthy uh, developing this week. David Hogg offers up a week's worth of bullshit. We'll check in with Mr. Hogg. And there's a brief hoax hate to close. We will take super chats in between topics, of course, 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good lowdown money grabbers. I tried to log into Streamlabs before we went live. And Streamlabs is down slash not letting us log in, and it says you won't be able to log in until midnight tonight. So I would caution against Streamlabs for those of you who prefer it. It, it might function for you, but we won't be able to read it, right. unfortunately. So just just know that if you're a Streamlabs person, it's going to be all this and more on your favorite couple hours of listening material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Thank you for emailing us. That's Beauty in the Beta at Gmail if you prefer the show in an audio format, you can get that on the go with Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and more. They're all linked in the description for you. Wherever you find your podcast, you can find us. 
We got some art from Travis to show off. One of them is kind of at your expense from Wednesday about your quote on the letter four. This is I did blunt. say that. I did say that. That's true. In my well, defense, it was a super chat that had used the number four as, you know, like a letter. Right. So, you know, my wires got crossed. And also it says at the bottom, tomorrow's lesson, one nickel equals five cents. Also in that show, I miscalculated the number. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even catch that. I think that. it was in the same super chat. It was also, really, it was double dumb. It was in really your defense. Wasn't it at like the two hour mark? Anything we say was. after two hours cannot be used against us. That's the official disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. But it was one of those things that you say and you're like, wow, am I stupid? And it was right after I had said, you know, talking about what it's like to be a high IQ woman. <laughs> right. It was bad, badly timed. One more piece from Travis. Uh, this is us. If we were on the, the, real law and order show that should be coming out the hoax hate unit edition <laughs> i think we would be great faces. yeah if we were starring in that show <laughs> although somehow i ended up with like orange lips how did i get fluorescent lips that's what know. you look like dude i guess those are very those are very nice a, cu- a few uh quick stories before we move on to the big stories of the week remember that lady who flipped off trump's motorcade Oh, yeah. Uh, I forget. This was sometime in 2017, but she worked for a government contractor and she got fired for flipping off Trump's motorcade. Now she's running for public office. She's running for Board of County Supervisors in uh, Loudoun County, Virginia. Hmm. There's not much there's not that much information on this, but she's she is running against a Republican. I believe a Republican incumbent. Uh, I think having once flipped off Trump is like maybe the most appealing Democratic platform possible. Enough. So, I would think that she probably has a pretty high prospect of winning. Yeah. I want to see her bumper stickers or her campaign signs like, I'm the one who once did this. And it's got that famous <laughs> picture of her instantly into office. Speaking of uh, crazy Democrats, Maxine Waters, Auntie Maxine, the face of the Democratic Party, as the president calls her, crazy lady from Southern California. Re- recall recently or uh, a few months ago, she had that rant saying, if you see anybody in the Trump administration, if you see any of those officials in public, confront them, harass them. Don't let them sleep at night. Go to their homes if you want. She, of course, got ripped up and down for that, I think rightfully so. She was uh, receiving an award from a Young Democrats organization in Los Angeles last Saturday, and she doubled down on that statement. So she gives this acceptance speech. She doubles down on that previous controversial statement uh and she says that it was distorted to distorted against her saying that she was threatening people uh-huh and she said well i <laughs> i often threaten Trump officials <laughs> but i wasn't Great that save. time Great i mean uh, trust me i do threaten them all now it sounds like she's joking i i'm it it sounds like in context like she's joking but it's still a very bizarre thing to say yeah and the other thing that she says in this is she sets the context by ripping Dianne Feinstein for apologizing to, apologizing to Kavanaugh at the hearings about the protesters. Uh, and she says, she says that apparently Feinstein doesn't understand how important protest is and we don't need permission to protest and all this. So here's Maxine Waters last weekend. Yesterday, I guess it was when uh, Dianne Feinstein, someone I've known for years, a friend, apologized to Kavanaugh for protesters. And I sat up in my seat at my desk because I think we've got to get this thing straight. We don't ask permission to protest. We protest. 
When we understand that we have to make America hear us and see us, there are those who said that we lacked civility. When I got up and talked about uh, the president's cabinet, and I said, if you see him anywhere, <laughs> if you see him at a restaurant, if you see him in a department store, even at a gasoline station, just tell him you're not welcome here or anywhere. And of course, the line president said that I had threatened all of his constituents. I did not threaten his constituents, his supporters. I do that all the time, but I didn't do it that time. <laughs> okay. Interesting, I think an honest, well, to say that her, her previous comments were threats of violence required maybe a slight leap. She never really advocated violence. She advocated confrontation, but that wasn't yeah. really... That wasn't really the problem, though. It's like, that's not protest to go to someone's house and yell outside their house so they can't sleep, okay? That's being disruptive. That's disrespecting right. someone's property. That's not protest. In the same way, in this case, Sorry, what's Caesar going on? We got a... barfing all over this room. Caesar, do you need to clean it up? Uh, we're actually going to get the carpets changed, so I think it's fine. It's okay, buddy. Okay. <laughs> Okay. In the same way she mischaracterizes protest in this setting. Diane Feinstein wasn't apologizing for protesters as in people outside the hearing room making their opposition yeah. to Kavanaugh voiced. They were in the hearing room disrupting. That's why she apologized to Kavanaugh. That's not protest. Right. She's not apologizing for protest. Notice She's that the audience for was almost all female too, which is basically what happened with K. It's just a bunch of harpies like, whee! Mm -hmm. You can hear that unironically. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, this, uh, in a clip that's right up your alley, I, I, I had to watch this several times to even understand what was going on, and I still don't actually. A driver in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, caught a midday burqa clad street brawl. I would that's have thought right. this was funny if there were not two children involved. Yeah, I can't tell what's going on. They're like throwing the children to the ground, At or what first are they I doing? The child was a doll. And then I was like, oh, my God, that is, are they just, I don't know if it's the mom trying to bail the kid out or make sure the kid doesn't get hurt or if there's somebody like wailing on this. Hmm. Like the, re the report I saw said it was not clear what the brawl was about. Maybe there's more information out there. I don't have it at present. All I have for you is footage of a midday Saudi Arabian burqa fight. Like that kid looks that has to be a doll, the one on the no, left. No, that's a kid. That's a kid? Oh, she the kid moves. Up. Wow. And she just keeps slamming her to the ground. It's just because the... It's just because the kid was so, like, lifeless at the start. Was the kid knocked out or something? I don't know. I mean, Jesus. I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to figure out more about the burqa fight. I hope that kid's okay. It doesn't look like it. It looks like the kid is... Towards the end of the clip, she ends up getting up. So, you know, she's not dead. But like hmm. that, that kid is getting slammed to the ground repeatedly. Hmm. Weird. And ruined what otherwise would have been a hilarious Muslim <laughs> brawl. It was hilarious up until then. <laughs> Dang it. God. Always looking out for the kids, even in the burqa, even in the burqa brawls. Oh, you're OK, buddy. What a weird story. Uh, last little story here. What a weird one. Not a lot of details available, but. The headline here, report Las Vegas professor shot himself in the arm to protest Trump. 
A longtime College of Southern Nevada sociology professor is facing felony gun charges in connection with an on-campus shooting on the second day of classes. The good news is this will assuredly count as a school shooting to be used for gun control purposes <laughs> That later. occurred to me too, yeah. So congratulations. That's a, that's a two for one. You get to protest Trump and inflate the school shooting statistics. <laughs> Mark J. Bird, 69, was charged last month with discharging a gun within a prohibited structure, carrying a concealed weapon without a permit and dis, uh, and possessing a dangerous weapon on school property court records show. He was found bleeding from a self-inflicted gunshot wound to his arm at about 8.15 a.m. on August 28th outside a bathroom in the Charleston campus K building. One college employee told the police that he held Bird's hand to calm him down as others tried to stop the bleeding while waiting for authorities to arrive. Bird said he had shot himself in protest of President Donald Trump Police noted in their report, the report did not elaborate. So sort of unclear about how that was an active protest. This guy sounds Uh, crazy. Yeah, well, he's educating the youth like the rest of the crazies. (laughs) Yeah, great. Okay. Uh, Are you ready to talk hurricane? Yeah, I don't really care about this. It was, it's been back to back coverage. Like I turned on, I don't know, was it Dana Perino's show or something like that the other day? And the entire hour was just hurricane coverage. Hmm. I don't care about this. You you don't care about the hurricane at all. Well, there's so many political reactions to it. I mean, do you want me to lie? The political reaction and then the tremendously big and wet. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. So uh, just the, the big picture news here. So Florence has been weakened to a tropical depression. This, of course, after tearing through the Carolinas over the weekend. Reports now are 14 dead. At least that's as of this morning. 10 in North Carolina, 4 in South Carolina. As you mentioned, Trump, for his part, did a great job warning people about just how big and wet this storm is or was. Tremendously big and tremendously wet. President Trump promising the federal government is ready to help. It's tremendously big and tremendously wet. Tremendous amounts of water. We are sparing no expense. We're as ready as anybody's ever been. As ready as anyone's ever been. The most ready. The readiest. Oh, geez. Presidential historians looked at this and said, I've never seen readier. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I just love these Trumpy quotes. It's like, I don't know. You gotta love the guy. You'll never get weird reaction quotes like this. I don't know. I I guess this is the kind of hyperbolic president. (laughs) I guess this is the stuff I'll miss when he's out of office someday. It's like I'll reminisce about these types of quotes. Uh, A few scenes from the actual storm. Uh, Here's a time lapse off the coast of North Carolina, kind of what it looked like as the storm was blowing through. Very dramatic. I like the, uh, I got a soft spot for like a tattered flag just blowing. <laughs> Crashing cool. storms. Anyway, here's a, here's an image of, um, or images of what the actual storm surge looked like. Surge has already flooded this barrier island neighborhood with a river of fast moving water, knocking down walls and wrecking houses. Storm surge in Avon rushed between homes. In Carolina Beach, the roads are more suited for boats than cars. On Cape Hatteras, sand dunes are like minor speed bumps, barely slowing down rising tides. And then there's one guy who just decided to take on the storm by himself with a flag and like, I don't know, what is he wearing? Underwear or something? 
This this is a this is a badass right here. So good for him. Uh, of course, you know, I'll I'll uh, I'll jest aside anybody in the listening audience who's being affected by the storm. We hope you're doing all right. That's hope everybody's true. doing well. It looks like from an outsider's perspective that things are going as well as they could be as of now. Uh, and we'll hope that that's the case. And, uh, you know, hope everybody's safe and all that. I, uh, I haven't seen a ton of news about the hurricane in general to be incredibly alarmed or pessimistic or any of those things. So unless I'm missing something, not a lot of like genuine chaos to be worried about beyond what was expected per a natural disaster, of course. Right. So that's good to see. And of course, we hope that all emergency, uh, emergency reaction, emergency uh, rescue stuff goes well. So yeah, and sorry I said that I didn't care about it. <laughs> All the best to everybody affected, of course. Now, there were oh, there was one more thing that's kind of not political that I wanted to uh, highlight, which is this Weather Channel reporter. Oh, it's so funny. Who was? Oh my gosh. <laughs> who is exaggerating the force of the winds? Now uh, I don't know where this was, but. Uh, so it's somewhere in North Carolina, I presume. I don't know if this was like the brunt of the storm or not, if this is a fair representation of it or not. But whatever's going on here is clearly not as bad as this reporter is presenting because there are people walking right behind him just fine. <laughs> okay, uh, picking it up here in Wilmington, North Carolina, right at the intercoastal. Wilmington. And we're in one of these bands. This is about as nasty as it's been. We had some bands like this last night. And then the eyewall this morning, we were not on TV. It was a dark and raucous uh, night at the hotel. Now, if that's true, if that's as nasty as it's been, then everything's totally fine. I would Those say. guys are like, what? We're just going to get some beer. It's yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. In terms of political reaction, this got about as ridiculous as it could right away. Because NBC News... Friday night is tweeting out a member of the U S coast guard appeared to make a white power hand gesture in the background of an interview with MSNBC. So remember, recall the white power. Okay. Sign was a controversy at uh, the Kavanaugh hearings last week. Now it's back because a guy, it's not even clear if he's like coast guard military personnel, or if he's just like a civilian contractor or whatever. He's a guy working at a coast guard response center of some kind very briefly brushes his hand on his neck or the side of his head. And it kind of makes that sign. And NBC tweets this out as though he is suspected of promoting white power live on air on MSNBC. Watch and judge for yourself. Thank you, Ali. Uh, as you I mentioned, the, uh, with the uh, changes in the forecasted uh, weather, uh, the forecast uh, track of the storm, we've actually started to uh, reposition assets closer to the impacted area. Okay, now, you might not have seen it, but pay attention. There it is. There it is. There it is. Did you see it? NBC. <laughs> wow, breaking news. Yes. Now, I don't know if that report is correct or not, but in, M in NBC NBC's report there, they said the man has been removed from Coast Guard operations and the incident is under investigation. What? Yeah. Apparently, no, this is being... And the ADL know this was a hoax. And the guy, he, he, didn't, even, he didn't even give the full sign. Like, he's, it's debatable whether he's even doing it intentionally. It's like, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're not watching, he kind of just brushed the back of his neck. 
and his forefinger and his thumb. I don't care. I hope that thumb. guy was trolling. Good. I hope he was, but I mean, if but if he was, and they're actually taking a guy off of emergency response support because of this, that's not good. I mean, obviously, I'm not saying that like that's going to directly impact someone's life or death scenario, but he is a guy helping an emergency situation who has now been removed from that job because he had his hand shaped kind of the wrong way, maybe for a split second. <laughs> in a common okay. gesture that we use all the time and that has to be used in scuba diving. Oh, is that, uh, is that like scuba diving sign language? Yeah, because if you go like this, the indication is that you need to go to the surface. So you oh. have to be like, I'm okay. Well, that's true. I mean, scuba divers are probably white supremacists, right? That's Every mostly... last one. Yeah. Anyway, the, the, the politics uh, got deeper and deeper because Oregon Democrat Jeff Merkley came out and he's claiming that the Trump administration transferred $10 million from FEMA to ICE, specifically for detention centers on the border. So he comes out and says, oh, I'm on the appropriations committee and I got some documentation. Look, uh, the Department of Homeland Security took out $10 million from FEMA's operating budget or whatever FEMA's money and put it towards ICE to handle this and that. I wish and, this was true, but it's not. Well, it, it I mean, I mean, it's kind of true. That is true. It's not a lie, but it's not fairly represented either. Yeah. So the implication is that like this somehow would affect uh, emergency yeah. preparedness or right. emergency response. That is not clear. Uh, not necessarily not the case, but it's not clear. A DHS official on Wednesday said in a written statement that the $9.8 million of additional funds in FEMA's operations account uh, was transferred to a different agency because congressional appropriations rules prevented that pot of money from being repurposed for disaster relief. The savings came from operational expenses that came that came in under budget including employee travel expenses, training, uh, basic purchase cards, office supplies, and headquarters overhead support, in, uh, according to that official. If the money was not spent elsewhere and used before the end of fiscal year, uh, if it, so if it wasn't spent before the end of the fiscal year, September 30th, FEMA would have forfeited it. The disaster relief fund currently stands at $25 billion. So plenty of money in the account yeah. for disaster preparedness. Ten, we're talking about $10 million compared to 25 billion and they're not even part of the same fund. Mm -hmm. uh, the operation team's inability to spend all of the money it was allotted will not affect hurricane recovery and other federal aid requests for Americans struck by natural disasters. Uh, so Jeff Merkley goes on CNN and uh, explains why he thinks this is a huge deal. The, the host uh, asks for clarification a little bit. I'll let you be the judge on whether you think this is important or not. The Trump administration is accused of taking money away from the agency that spearheads the federal response. Democratic Senator Jeff Merkley of Oregon has released documents showing the Trump administration transferred nearly $10 million from the FEMA budget to ICE. Clearly, these are our funds that are very valuable in terms of preparing for the types of challenges we've had in the last few weeks. A hurricane that almost hit Hawaii, a tropical storm hitting Mississippi, and now Florence bearing down on the Carolinas. Let me give you the response that we got from the DHS press secretary, Tyler Holton. The money in question transferred to ICE from FEMA's routine operating expenses could not have been used, he says, for hurricane response due to appropriation limitations. DHS FEMA stand fiscally and operationally ready to support current 
and future response and recovery needs. Well, that's just, just kind of uh, uh, a lot of bunk. <laughs> the, uh, when you have preparedness lines and when you have uh, lines dedicated to response, uh, that's exactly the sort of funds that help you prepare and, and address the damage that, that comes from these, these storms. Well, it's really kind of uh, an evil partnership here in which the funds are being taken away from preparation. And then the money is being directed towards a program that uh, comes from a very dark place in the heart of the administration, ripping thousands of children out of the arms of their, their parents, and then locking, locking their parents oh. up. So yes, let's remember the real victims of this hurricane. It's the children, at the, it's the children of illegals at the border. How Keep did them he even do mind. that? I wasn't expecting that one at all. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, it's, Jeff Merkley, it seems like, has been doing the rounds talking about this illegal issue for months and months and months. $10 I hear million, dollars, you say? That is a tiny, tiny fraction of their budget. Yeah, so I know this Isn't is kind of down. I don't want to. Two thousand five hundred. Is, is that right? Uh, I should probably know. Twenty five. Yeah, I think it is. That sounds I, about right. You're the you're the one with the finance. The, the letter four. The letter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the, I don't want to get too too deep in the weeds here, but the TLDR one, as you said, this is such a. It's actually comparatively a very small amount of money. Um, but one, it wasn't disaster relief money in the first place. That's a different account. Um, two, it's money that was expiring soon. Anyhow, that's the yeah. way a lot of these appropriations, uh, work is you got to spend it or you lose it. Yeah. So if it couldn't be spent in one way by department of Homeland security, they'll spend it in another way where there's maybe more need. Um, and three, I think most importantly, I'd be more sympathetic to his case. If you could demonstrate any adverse effect as a result of this, there's no claim that they did this and the result right. was X and it was bad for people. And bad things happened. It's just they moved some money around and that money could be used for good things, but it's being used for stuff I don't like because I care about illegals more than I care about U.S. citizens. And I'm never going to stop defending illegals every single day for some reason. I don't know. But uh, but it's that's all I got to say. Story. It's a it's a it's a weird thing Wish to, to focus on. Hmm? Wish it was true, though. I mean, would you care if they took <laughs> money from FEMA and gave it to ICE? I'd be like, awesome. I wish the entire federal budget was for <laughs> detention centers and catapults. Totally. Okay. Uh, in addition to that, here's here, the, I remember earlier in the week I had a patron hangout and we were talking about the hurricane, the coming hurricane. And we were speculating how long till somebody in the media blames Trump for the hurricane, kind of joking, but kind of serious. And actually it came out before the hurricane even hit the coast, the Washington <laughs> post editorial board saying another hurricane, another hurricane is about to batter our coast. Trump is complicit. Few, uh, few excerpts from the Washington post editorial board. Again, this is their entire board, the post view, the view of the newspaper, not even just one whack job writing for them. This is yeah. representation of their entire paper's editorial board. When it comes to extreme weather, Mr. Trump is complicit. He plays down humans' role in increasing the risks and he continues to dismantle efforts uh. to address those risks. It's hard to attribute, listen to this, it's hard to attribute any single weather event to climate change, but we're going to do that anyway. <laughs> but there is no reasonable doubt that humans are priming the Earth's system to produce disasters so it, it's really not possible to attribute any one single weather event but, but we're gonna do it anyway i love that okay with depressingly ironic timing the trump administration announced tuesday a plan to roll back federal rules on methane aka cow farts a potent greenhouse <laughs> gas they regulate those in california very strictly though so you'll be fine a potent greenhouse gas that is the main component in natural gas 
drillers and transporters of the fuel were supposed to be more careful about letting the waft into the atmosphere, which is nothing more than rank resource waste that uh, also harms the environment. The Trump administration has now attacked the three pillars of Barack Obama's climate change plan. The president has cemented the GOP's legacy as one of reaction and reality denial. Sadly, few in his party appear to care. No editorializing there. Well, I mean, it is it is an editorial to be. This is not an objective news piece, but uh, but um, I don't uh, what bothers me here is like. I'm not going to get on board and say, like, one weather event is the fault of one particular president. Does that make me a, a climate denial person? I don't, look, the Earth, I'm, I'm fine with saying the Earth appears to be warming the, the, the debate. You you're squinting at me. I just you. You're going to go full. You're going to go all in. I'm I'm not buying it. I'm not buying. I'm not buying any of it. The point is the the debate is really about the extent to which humans are causing it. Is it a hundred percent human caused? Is it partially human caused? That's, that's open for debate. But beyond that, the other debate is to what degree should we harm our own economy to correct it? Right. That's where the debate is at. And if you're not with the Washington Post editorial board on those kinds of questions, you're a climate denier outright. Yeah. That's annoying. Yeah. That's annoying. And, and now are you surprised? Are you surprised by this? I mean, I'm surprised that they don't appear to follow their own qualifications, as in saying you can't really attribute any one weather event to X factor, but here we go. Here I guess they're not saying yet. Trump caused it. They're saying he's complicit, oh, that he lets it happen. If I want to be as fair to saying. them as possible. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that whole story is exhausting, you know, but you know, I gotta be, I gotta be fair too, because you know who else exhausted me was the president himself on this Puerto Rico stuff. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm being, what, what was your take on it? Maybe I'm being too harsh. Cause I thought no, this was I'm insanely you. stupid. I actually hadn't heard about this until I was reading the outline today. Oh man. Everyone was really pissed off about it. Huh. So Trump tweets on Thursday morning that the, uh, he's talking about hurricane Maria and there was another hurricane that hit Puerto Rico. I guess there were two, but hurricanes that hit Puerto Rico last year. And he says 3000 people did not die in the two hurricanes that hit Puerto Rico. When I left the Island, this was last October after the storm had hit, they had anywhere from six to 18 deaths. As time went by, it did not go up by much. Then a long time later, they started to report really large numbers like 3000. This was done by the Democrats in order to make me look as bad as possible. When I was successfully raising billions of dollars to help rebuild Puerto Rico. If a person died for any reason, like old age, just add them onto the list. Bad politics. I love Puerto Rico. Okay. <laughs> so I, I have some problems with this just in terms of the facts at stake, but yeah. also the politics of it. I, you want to talk about bad politics. Well, I think this is really was bad. The politics. funding contingent on the death toll. Or was this, he, I guess his claim was that it was purely to cast a bad light on him. <laughs> yeah, which I don't see any evidence for that sort of thing. So, so the questions of why the, the death toll went up by a lot and why the timing is so weird, because he is right that the death toll went from like small numbers, double digit numbers to 3000 right. as of August. And the reason is that the Puerto Rican government commissioned a study. It's very difficult to track hurricane deaths. Because obviously you have people who might drown or something direct like that. Mm -hmm. But the rest of it is if you have a power outage, for example, that goes on and on and on, and you have people who are sick in the hospital who would otherwise have survived, and then right. they die maybe weeks later, is that a hurricane-caused death? Is it not? 
The Puerto Rican government had interest in knowing the human toll of this. They contracted George Washington University to try to get a handle on it to figure out how many uh, actually how many were killed. Mm -hmm. And the, the methods they used were they took the amount of deaths that would have been expected in Puerto Rico had nothing happened. So just here's the number of like deaths that would happen in a normal uh, in a normal snapshot of Puerto Rican time. I don't know what how much time they're actually looking at. It was like when the hurricanes hit and X amount of months after. Yeah. And they'd say under normal circumstances, how many people died? And then how many people died uh, in this window of time? And then the difference between what was observed and what was expected, they attributed to the hurricane. Now, does that huh. is that perfect? Is no. that perfect? Maybe not. It's very difficult to measure. But the point is, there's no evidence that this was done with like political malice against the president. Right. I mean, was that the best? A better question would be, was that the best way to do it? Even if it's inaccurate, but it's the best way to do it, then that's all they can do. You know? I don't. Um, and, and, and I don't understand the, the conspiratorial thinking. But even if it's true, let's say it is like some big conspiracy to get him. I don't understand how it's wise politics to bring this up now I, when's the last time someone ripped him over hurricane maria it's been quite some I, yeah i've he, not I mean, heard that for a long the time the methodology is it sounds like it's garbage but he does have a real problem choosing his battles which has been one of my biggest complaints about trump it's like it's not a not the time man just <laughs> it's, lay low. Uh, don't say I mean, anything about it if the accusation is poor leadership in a in a hurricane i think the best defense would be good leadership during a hurricane and so this, I think this was a really stupid fight, fight to pick, regardless of yeah. whether that report is factual or not. You can also say, I mean, you could say what you're saying, which is, I think these methods are flawed. That doesn't necessarily mean, that doesn't imply political malice. You know, yeah. this, this is stuff that's, as far as, if there's evidence that this is some grand democratic plot, I'm happy to look at it. But as far as I can tell, this is, uh, this is not true. Anyway. Okay. Uh, but that, you know, whether or not the report is true, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how many people died in Puerto Rico, but I think that's kind of a stupid fight to be picking. Puerto Rico doesn't know how many people died. <laughs> They're trying to figure it out. But yeah, it took them the study. The study took, you know, nine months to complete or whatever it was. So I assume there's a high level of detail in it. I have not taken the time yeah, to read I don't know. thoroughly. The methodology myself. sounds like garbage. And if somebody dies three months after a hurricane, that, that's not. Well, the no. power was out for a lot of the country until January. Uh, I don't know. Th this can't be the best way to do. It. I can't think of a better way, but this can't be the best. But way. well, that, but that's part of the problem. Is like if if basic life sustaining services are out for that period of time, where do you draw the line about what's hurricane attributable or not? That's that's yeah. the that's the really tough part. And I don't uh, to the politics of it. I don't recall the last time I heard somebody throwing this at Trump. I've heard just as much shade rightfully thrown at the Puerto Rican government for botching this. Yeah. Doesn't make them look good. Doesn't it's not like the people who commissioned this study come out looking awesome because of it. It's like you guys oversaw by your own metrics the deaths of thousands of people in your country. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's a big political conspiracy to get their enemies, it didn't really play out that well. Anyway, that's all I got to say about the hurricane stuff. I'm ready for Google tape if you want, but maybe we should uh take a break. Probably should take a wee break. Maybe load this really quick. Caesar is gonna yak on me again poor little guy because he was eating grass earlier okay this is from echo charlie when is our most precious national treasure review bra coming on mm. i was promised mind fear um i love review bra i love him so much that i wouldn't tarnish his good reputation 
by bringing him on this show because you know <laughs> he would get a bunch of shit. And one time I commented. Why? Under, for association with you? Is yeah. That what you're saying? One time I commented under one of his vids and it got like hundreds and hundreds of upvotes. And like all the comments were like, I can't believe a white supremacist is watching review, <laughs> bro. I'm like, all right, I can't ever invite him on because he's going to get piles of shit. He's just too pure for this corner of the internet. I'm unfamiliar with his content. Duh. So. He reviews fast food and he's like, it's like he has been hmm. taken from the 30s and dropped into this timeline. He just seems like the sweetest guy. So pure. Hmm. Um, he also said, uh, Echo Charlie. Also, did you hear Soygon? I assume he means Sargon. BTFO, delicious and hilarious. Love the show. Keep up the great work. I saw that he was streaming with Medicare at some point today, but I well, didn't. They're I feuding. Wasn't... Are they actually streaming together? I don't know. I thought, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to get involved in the drama if that's what he's referring to. If there's anything I've punt. learned about internet drama, it's that I don't care. Sit on the sidelines and carry yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, James Bursty, can you guys reach out to Sargon? He's self-destructing and everyone else is piling on. I don't, hmm. I don't care about any of this. I, I'm a little interested. Let me know in the live chat what's going on. Give me. I know. I do know plenty of people have been watching and, and have been entertained. But yeah, I, I, I will. Oh, someone avoid... said they're not streaming together. I don't know what's going on. Then I, I'm clear. Yeah, I think they've done separate streams. I believe I have not watched these, but the, my understanding is they've streamed separately with various charges against the other. Huh. Hmm. Whatever. Uh, the blonde rant says, "I hope the Vikings send a thank you card to the rest for that game. That was a BS call on Matthews and several others. Packers had that game." Good thing the refs can't kick the field goals for the Viking. Is this the game you're talking about today? I can admit that the roughing call on Kirk was BS and the game should have ended there. However, there was also a BS roughing call or the, the roughing call on Rogers. There was a BS roughing call on Kirk. And to remind you, the reason we have these garbage calls is because Princess Rogers got tackled and broke his collarbone last year. Yeah. So I'm, I, I agree with you, but I want to remember the reason why this is the case. And of course, uh, nobody likes a tie. I mean, come on. I, I legit wanted, I would rather have a loss than a tie. I, I wanted them to lose. Sports, sports, sports. I, I spent like three plus hours watching that game today. Yeah, that was, uh, would have been a waste of time whether or not you, the team of your choosing won. Or oh, not. I'm sorry for having recreation <laughs> and hobbies. You should try it. Hey, I do. I do. <laughs> um, Is your ho- no, sorry, I'll stop. I was, proceed. I was going to riff a little more, but I'm going to stop. Oh, you, go ahead. I have thin skin, but I'm also really mean, so I can handle it. Um, Patrick Waz said, had LASIK done this week so I can watch your show clearly mm. and tomorrow can see the bears lose spectacularly without glasses. Mm. It's such a horrifying procedure. My husband had it done and he didn't do any research on the place before he got it done. And I looked the night before and it had like two and a half stars on Yelp. And I told him, I'm like, mm. don't go to this place to get to get LASIK. Like, what are you doing? Oh, it's fine. So he gets the surgery the next day and right before the nurse goes, so uh, is this your first time having LASIK? Which is shocking because you're only supposed to have the procedure once in your life. Yeah, I don't know. I would assume that, but I don't know anything about it. Well, I don't know just, anybody who's having even. I know. Everything's cool. But they like peel back your eye and like file off part of your cornea with a laser. Hmm. Crazy shit. Good recovery, Patrick was. Raggle Fraggle says, can't alive tonight. Hope you guys have a great show. I'm suggesting... Again, that you dress as alternative reality versions of yourself for Halloween. You have a month to prep now. That's true. It is time to start thinking about costumes. Huh, it is. We usually do something. What did we do last year? We did uh, moldy locks, and I was like the bike lock guy. I was Professor Bike Lock. And the year before, we were each other. We switched, yeah. We're not doing that again. 
And I like took my hair down at the end, but still had a full beard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't That'd encourage be... people to go look. Don't look at that. That was not a great episode. Um, Blonde, what do you think of Spokane? I'm planning on taking a trip up there soon with an eye toward a move. Thanks. I, I spoke Compton. I mean, it's okay. Okay. Spokane's fine. I don't like I only River travel cities. through it. I've never really stayed there. Not Better spent much Seattle. time there. I don't get Spokane that. Um, is there actually high crime there and stuff? Is that a is that a big problem? There's some Seattle spillover for hmm. sure. Uh, Benjamin Abrams, Matt and I once made love during a tennis championship. We ended the game. Love, love. Serena, <laughs> there's a sports reference I understand. Serena Williams yeah. threw a fit that we didn't include her and told her that we'd repeal the 19th. The ref gave us gold. Repeal women's tennis. It shouldn't be a thing. <laughs> Ovid says, today my mom blamed a shark attack in Massachusetts on global warming. What, <laughs> what a time to be alive. Thank you, Ovid. Glad to hear back from you, man. Uh, Doc Bailey, longtime fan, first first chance to watch live. I can read. It's been a bad week. My former platoon sergeant died of cancer, so I've been Mm. down. Thanks for giving me something to to smile about and keep up the good work. I'm sorry to hear that, Doc. And thank you for serving. Mm -hmm. Yes, and thank you for watching. We appreciate it. Rick Moranis, what is your take on this accuser coming out to the world at the most convenient time ever? We're going to talk about how Kavanaugh's getting me too'd in a bit. Um, So we'll let you know, Rick, but... As you can guess, I think it's bullshit. Alessandro Cortaras has just found out that the owner of the gun shop near my house has been in two gunfights since 1994. Don't know how someone could be dumb enough to rob a gun store. Oh, it's been at his store. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Also, I bought a VIS VIS 35 pistol. Uh, I'm not familiar with that. Does that say VI5? No. I don't know. Let's have a look-see. Thank you, Alessandro. It's a a Polish Polish 9mm. Huh. Nice. Hmm. Uh, let's do a few more. Big LC. This week's Nazi is the Dalai Lama for suggesting Europe is for Europeans and Syrian refugees should be sent home from Europe wow. when the war ends to rebuild their country. How, How hateful. Dare. Yeah, I Jeez. know. The voice of reason. The slaughtered lamb. Hey, blonde, you look great as always. So when are you going to lose your hero and get with this hero? <laughs> Meaning me. I tried to get together with Matt, but he wants to hold hands too much. Annoying. <laughs> Uh, that is gay. fact check false in real life but for the purposes of this show we yeah. can go with it yeah um i'm gonna go to the next one but thank you slaughter lamp uh rainier chen and then we'll do one more after this not quite sure why dan feinstein is still in office with that ex- uh, exposed chinese spy working for her for decades i know anyway have a good one guys thank you that's true it's it is interesting Democrats in a world where yeah everybody is just hysterical about foreign influence and foreign intervention and that's a story that just got neatly swept under the yeah, rug what? and nobody seems to care um because he's not russian downskate it well they wouldn't have even done anything if he, if he were uh downskate it says burka battle royale fighting uh not knowing who are your friends or foes that you were fighting truly last one standing what a wild thing it seemed like it might have been traffic related <laughs> it was burka road rage is that what you're saying it, that but was my first instinct. They can drive, remember they, now. They can drive, but I don't yeah. think that they were Saudi. I don't know. I don't know what country that was. It was Saudi Arabia. Was it? Yeah. Maybe this is the first documented incident. Could be. Of female road rage. Could be. Anyway, I hope that kid doesn't have brain damage. Hmm. Um, all right, we'll 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 circle back to this. All right. Uh, we'll try to get through this as quickly as possible, although I do have a few minutes of highlights I want to play from this, but... This is this, you might have seen this leaked Google tape circulating this week. What happened is an anonymous internal source at Google sent a recording of a so-called Google TGIF meeting. I guess they do these on Fridays, like, I don't know, internal discussions of some kind. Talk about what's going on at Google. 
And this uh, this happens. This one was the Friday after the election in November 2016 in Mountain View, California. Uh, this is basically a meeting in which in, in which executives and employees discuss uh, post-election feelings. And some of it is just whining and some of it is more ominous, like company philosophy stuff that you can see really manifesting in the the controversies of today. Remember, this is nearly two years old now, but I just want to play this and it is a little bit long. So feel free to stop me uh, at any point and maybe I'll stop um, when there's some stuff I want to respond to as well. But here's uh, some of the highlights from that hour long video from uh, as leaked by myself. as an immigrant and a refugee, I'm, I certainly find this election uh, deeply offensive, and Aww. I know many of you do too. There are two dominant um, you know, reasons to be upset. One is because you know, so many people uh, apparently don't share uh, many of the values that we have. You know, it's uncertain for many of us yeah. here. Um, immigrants or minorities, mm-hmm. uh, women. There are people. And they, they speak to this up front at the front of the meeting is, oh, it's, it's all these minorities who are threatened. But I guess I'm not surprised by the persuasion. Like everybody's entitled to their political bias or their political persuasion. I was under no delusion that left wing political persuasion was present in, in Silicon Valley and at Google. But I guess the way they just say this as though it applies universally to a gigantic company really kind of surprises me. Like uh, you would think that there's got to be a, a a healthy percentage of the audience that's sitting in there going, this is bullshit. Like there's gotta no, be tech minded. Because when you work at Google, what they do is go through an extensive vetting process where they vet your entire internet history and make sure that you aren't right wing. And if you, I had to cut it out in the interest of time, but there is a point where they say everybody needs a hug and they cut to the audience and they all hug. And it definitely does not look like there's a bunch of uh, like, tech-minded disaffected men in there who are like this is bullshit with their arms crossed it's uh (laughs) we'll get a cross-section kind of of what the audience looks like but yeah it's uh, i guess i'm just surprised at how political uh this how uh, like why is this relevant why is the outcome of the election that relevant to google's day-to-day operation i can't it's it's sort of strange and just the way that everybody seems to apparently agree with this they do say on a couple of occasions, like, yeah, we have some conservatives at Google and be nice to them, too, because they disagree. But there's nobody, as at least that I noted, who speaks to that perspective throughout the, this entire hour. So anyway, it's it's the minor it's it's minorities, all minorities that are that are uh, at risk here. This CEO Sundar Pichai says who are very afraid, many groups, you know, women, blacks, you know, people who are afraid based on religion people who are afraid because they are not sure of their status, uh, the LGBTQ community, and I can go on. There, there is a lot of fear, and especially I think in a society, you stand up for people uh, who are minorities. Oh, That's okay. What this. You're so afraid. It's so scary here for all these minorities. Go back to your home country, dude. Also, you run Google. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're pretty powerful. I think you'll be all right. Oh, my God. If there's some big conspiracy to keep you out of power, you probably are not in the position that you are. But then he says right. you judge a country by how well they stand up for minorities or whatever. I forget what the exact quote is. So let's have a listen here. Uh, who are minorities? And that's what defines a society. And we'll continue to do That's what defines that. a society. We do think that history is on our side in a profound and an important way. Now, just the implication there, that that Google is all on one side—that's what's they really troublesome. They are all on one side. But though. the fact that they're so open about it, 
Look at what happened to oh, James man. Damore, who's who I wouldn't even call center right. He's that's, a centrist at best, maybe center left. I guess that's what I'm surprised by is there aren't more James Demores in the crowd just like, what the hell is this? <laughs> With their arms crossed. Anyway, he continues. Martin Luther King made famous a, a line that the moral arc of history is long, but it bends toward justice. I would say that the moral arc of history is long, but it bends toward progress. While it may be that the internet and globalization were part of the cause of this problem, we are also fundamentally an essential part of the solution to this problem. Why is the election not going the way you wanted Google's problem, and why should it be solved by Google? Is it possible that they were trying to influence the election, so this was quite a great surprise for them? Well, if you believe Sundar Pichai later, it's not because they think that's a bad idea. It's because they didn't have the technology to achieve it. We'll hear, from the, we'll hear him speak to that in a moment. I was at home with friends and family watching the election returns. As we started to see the direction of the voting, I reached out to someone close to me who was at the Javits Center where the big celebration was supposed to occur in New York City, somebody who'd been working on the campaign. And um, I just sent him a note and said, you know, are you okay? It looks like it's going the wrong way. And I got back a very sad short text um, that read, so people sad. are leaving, staff is crying, we're gonna lose. That was the first moment <laughs> I really felt like we were gonna lose. And it was this massive like, kick in the gut and it was really painful throughout the campaign hillary said Aww. we are a Quoting great hillary. country because we are a good country and i firmly believe that we are a good country the second question is around internal Oof. mobility can i move to canada <laughs> please do toronto and uh waterloo can't handle us all i'm afraid this is subtle, but note that irony. Like one of the things they're most concerned about is stricter immigration policy, hostility right. towards immigrants. And then they're saying, we want to move to Canada, but you can't because Canada won't let you in. Right. right. But we also still want to move to Canada to escape the U.S.'s unjust immigration policy to a country that also says we can't come huh. in. What? Okay. All right. Carry on. This lady looks like, uh, I don't know, successful Kathy Griffin, something like that. <laughs> Like business-minded Kathy yeah. Griffin. Yeah. All but right. Look, we move people at Google all the time. Yeah, I, so a lot of Googlers. I wanted to highlight just, again, the cross-section of the audience. Are maxing out. The what is that? The T-shirt says, lesbians who tech. Oh, is just, that a woman? It's a woman asking a question. I just thought the shirt was pretty. Are you sure that's not a transgender man? It says lesbians who, it might be a transgender man who considers himself a lesbian, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but yes, imagine wearing this kind of shirt to work. I'm a lesbian who texts. It's like, the only thing that matters is that you tech. That's your job. I don't care if you're a lesbian or not, but apparently that's something you're supposed to advertise on a t-shirt at Google. Okay. ...giving contributions, contributing to organizations such as ACLU and Equal Justice Initiative. Google's mission is to organize the world's information and make it useful. But this is the exchange I was talking about. This guy's going to ask, Google's mission is to make the world's information useful. Fake news is why we got Trump. Can we control fake news? And pay attention to Sundar Pichai, the CEO, his response. He doesn't say, well, hold on. Like the ethics and philosophy of controlling right. information and censorship is kind of bad. He says, well, yeah, we're working on that. The tech's not quite there yet. Oh, my God. 
But, you know, once technology advances, we could probably control information and get the type of election outcomes we want, you know, with real news. And this guy's also going to say that, you know, fake news duped the low information voters. I love the presumption that low information voter equals vote for Trump as though no low information voters voted for Hillary. Are you kidding me? But that's the kind of bubble world they live in. All right. During this election cycle, we've seen a lot of uh, misinformation, disinformation. We've seen a lot of fake news coming from fake news websites being shared by millions of low-information voters on social media. Can Google do anything to try to filter this out? Look, I, I think our investments in machine learning and AI is a big opportunity here. Uh, you know, there, there are work we have done. Uh, the Jigsaw team did around what they call conversation AI around, you know, to, to look at bullying and, you know, commenting. and. So a lot of this is a problem of scale and not being able to keep up. So like human systems. No, it's a problem of very bad philosophy and very bad ethics. Uh, I would like to see what I want to hear him say is like, no, because that's a terrible right, idea. Right. And you are uh, you're you're an anti free speech, anti freedom, anti marketplace of ideas person. And I philosophically fundamentally disagree, disagree with the with world, you. the idea that we should control information and give people the correct information so they make the correct decisions. Do you expect that to happen at a Google internal meeting? Well, that's pie in the sky thinking, but that's what I'd like to hear. And instead I'm getting an answer of, yeah, when the technology's there, we'll, we'll be able to do it right now. We're working on bullying comments, AI to detect bully comments. Yeah. Fail in many of these things. Speaking to white men. (laughs) And then this, this woke this is i don't know who's this like woke paul bunyan or something like that oh my god this guy gets up and says uh oh uh, speaking to all the white men here like me take this as an opportunity to recognize your privilege and educate people at the thanksgiving dinner table and oh so forth this I'm reminds me of that picture of of the group from evergreen with r2 dindu <laughs> <laughs> what did you say this is one of your jokes but you're like it's like they're on a, in a band called the unfuckables I don't know. I don't think I called them that, but it was, yeah, maybe it was something like that. I don't know. God. They did look like a band though. Yeah. I, I can't remember what I said. Anyway. It was funny uh, though. I there was a, there was, the, the, he says this and it gets a, a round of, it's, it gets a standing ovation. In, Why is he in wearing a backpack? Because he's very hip and with it. He's one of these new age Google workers. Um, lesbians in tech. <laughs> Too bad he's not wearing the shirt. That'd be funny. There's an opportunity for you right now to understand your privilege in the society Take the opportunity to go through the bias-busting training, read about privilege, read about the real history of oppression in our country, discuss the issues you are passionate about during Thanksgiving dinner, and don't back down and laugh it off when you hear the voice of oppression speak through metaphors, and I promise to do this. Now, if I want to be as fair to this tape as possible, there were examples in there where they said we should listen to conservative voices and entertain their worldview. Uh, they did say that in isolated cases, so it wasn't it wasn't like a total bash fest. There were cases where they made that point. But as I said earlier, at least as far as I recall watching it, there was not one point where one voice of dissent stood up and was like, this is some fucking bullshit. Can I go write some code now? Cause that's my well, yeah, job. I mean, I guess that doesn't mean that they're, that nobody thinks like that out there. Yeah. They Maybe they do. Maybe 1% of the company does. And they saw what happened to James Damore and they're like, I want to keep my napping pod and my high comfy, my high paying comfy job. Yeah. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. 
Uh, there was there was nothing I heard in there that is encouraging. Again, it's two years old. Maybe some minds have changed. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not optimistic for that. But you can see how a lot of the problems with YouTube and with Google and James Damore and all this ha- that have manifested since. You can see where that came from. I mean, this yeah. is this is really telling um, retrospectively. And somehow I doubt that if you had a meeting today, that it would look much different than what right. we saw there. So. That's all I really got to say about it. I mean, the, the the concerns about the political echo chamber and the intent to impose that worldview on everybody else at Google are quite real. I, right, you know, and they've monopolized the industry. I got a lot of flack about my comment on Wednesday's show about a lack of free market solutions in terms of creating a company comparable to Google, but hmm. I really don't see how we can do this. Well, I guess if you were to push back on it, the market has taken down giants and specifically tech giants in the past that have gone obsolete. I mean, you think of MySpace, you think of others, yeah. But because they provide superior products at this point in time, we're really locked in. Yeah. uh, Can we even do this show if we didn't use Google for anything at all? No, we're streaming on Google, a Google product right Right now. now. I mean, Super Chat is a Google product. This is... You have to be realistic about the platforms that are most accessible for everyone. Uh, that said, I'm trying to maximize my presence on alternative platforms, and I'm trying to diversify there. And as soon as uh, as soon as there are viable platforms that compete, like I, I'm out. Like Google has shown that they don't have our back. Of course, that right. this is a, this is but a marriage of convenience. But they're also actively eliminating competition. So how could there possibly be a free market solution? Look at what's happening with Microsoft and Gab right now. Um, well, this is, we've spoke about this too. It's like, if, if you got it, if you got enough YouTubers to really stick up for themselves and stick up for the issue in cooperation, maybe you could get enough pushback against YouTube and Google to make a difference. I'm not going to say that it's impossible for a market solution to be successful. Um, but it is admittedly very difficult, especially for, I mean, the infrastructure necessary to process video at the scale and rate that YouTube does recall, they operate on a loss for specifically that reason. Right. I mean, it's very difficult to your point to get a competitor to start up, to convince investors, for example, I'm going to operate on a loss for quite some time because we need videos to process fast, but trust me, it's going to work out. That's a tough sell. Yeah, it is. It is. But I'm consoled that there's no biological reality to what most of these soy boys and lesbians believe like their world they live in a bubble and and we we can't adopt their worldview it it goes counter to to our realities our lived realities and so that that has to count for something even if they Hmm. try to influence elections they try to influence public opinion yeah and i guess that's what really concerns me i was under no delusion of their general political persuasion but what concerns me most about what i heard there is this like unchecked desire to impose that upon yeah, people. Yeah. But you I know, don't but, think they can. I think that people, they have to accept the re- reality as it is at some point. You can't just adopt this false reality and live your life normally. These people have serious problems. Hmm. All right. Well, in the interest oh, of time, you want to move on talk to about this, oh, this awful me too. Yeah. Let's get through Kavanaugh before we take another break. Um, And before we jump into the new accusations against Kavanaugh, recall last week, we, I think it was last week, right? We went through the the highlights of the Kavanaugh hearings and how that turned into a total circus that wasn't actually after truth, but it was just political showmanship for people who are running for president and ridiculous hysterical reasons to oppose the nominee simply because Trump, those types of things. Interestingly, this week, sitting Supreme Court justices actually spoke out against how ridiculous and politicized this process has become. 
Clarence Thomas and Ruth Bader Ginsburg both spoke at different events. What Ruth Bader Ginsburg has to say, I actually generally agree with. But what was noteworthy about this beyond her at least coming out in opposition to how much of a partisan show this has become (laughs) is just how frail she appears to be. Yeah. Uh, some interesting questions about, I don't know, some, some things you can think about in terms of limitations on terms on the Supreme court, those sorts of things. I mean, we talked about this with McCain last year at the Comey hearings where he was asking incoherent questions. You're like, okay, what should be the health limitations on a sitting Senator or age limitations? Ruth Bader Ginsburg is coherent here. Like as in what she's saying makes sense. You can follow it, but it is at a snail's pace. And I thought about editing it. She's what? 86? Six, She's up there. I thought about editing it for time just to cut out the dead space, but I kind of left it in there because I thought mm, you really need to understand like how she yeah. speaks at this age. This is Ruth Bader Ginsburg this week talking about the Kavanaugh hearings. Last week, we uh, saw the Senate hold confirmation hearings for a nominee to your court. Many observers have said that the process today looks nothing like your confirmation hearing 25 years ago. How would you compare the process that you went through with what's going on today? The way it was, was right. The way it is, is wrong. It was truly bipartisan. The vote on my confirmation was 96 to 3. Even though I had spent about 10 years of my life litigating cases under the auspices of the ACLU board. Think of Justice Scalia, who is certainly a known character in, in what was it, 1986? The vote was unanimous every Democrat and every Republican voted for him. But that's the way it should be. Instead of what it's become, a highly partisan show. I wish I could wave a magic wand and have it go back to the way it the way it was there it is spirit of what she's saying i actually agree with but my god yeah i I mean i'm very curious to know like who's writing her opinions i don't is she actually writing her own opinions in this state she's transcribing it transcribing them to a very very annoyed assistant or clerk i mean if you (laughs) Maybe she is. I, we see the Ruth Bader Ginsburg workout videos all the time. Maybe she is actually performing the full functions of the job. But if this is being handled bureaucratically, as in she's having a bunch of like behind the scenes assistant people do basically all the work of a Supreme Court justice, I got problems with that. That's yeah, not the I mean, way the I actually don't work. think that that was that coherent. Well, I mean, everything she was saying makes sense. You can follow what she's saying. I mean, I didn't think there was anything. Oh, I said transcribing. I meant dictating. It's not, it's not like McCain where what he was saying was actually unintelligible is what I'm right. saying. Right. It was pretty close though. I mean, she wasn't articulate. What was she saying in the very beginning? The way it is now is wrong. Is wrong. The way it was, was right. And <laughs> she gets right. applause for that. Yeah. 
So, and people laugh because they're like, oh, she, she said it. It's good, good. Show. I mean, it is clear to me at this, she talks about how partisan this is. Um, the irony, of course, being like, lady, you are specifically not retiring because you don't want Trump to nominate your replacement. Right. So if, if you're worried about how political the court has become, don't tell me you're sitting on the court for any reasons other than political reasons right now. I don't think she's going to make it six more years. I mean, that is that's a long time. I don't know. I mean she might not make it to the end of Trump's first term the way this is looking right now. Yeah. But I think we're going to have another one in the bag. Oh no, I know. But I, I, I what I'm saying is I'd be surprised if she lasts through 2020 given yeah, that I display. Mean, I hope not. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, okay. Uh, Clarence Thomas somewhat more, um, well, at a faster pace, spoke to us the same issue, but he ripped Cory Booker specifically. And he was just talking about honor, being honorable in public life, generally being honest, having integrity. The reason we have so much, so many problems today, he was kind of speculating is because we don't have people with good, honest intent. And instead we have Spartacus people is what he said. And uh, I, I appreciated what he had to say. Mm -hmm. This is um, Clarence Thomas this week. I think what preserves all of our legitimacy and it's what we were talking about with Greg Coleman, that we do our jobs honestly, we do it with integrity, we do it with a, an ethical foundation, a moral foundation, we follow the law, we live up to the oaths that we take. And I think brick by brick, we build the f structure and fabric of a society. Not one of us can tear it down or build it up by ourselves. But you just think about it. How many people can you use in leadership positions today the word that I used about Greg, honorable. If we could use that word about more people who are in public life, people who actually ask the questions at confirmation hearings instead of Spartacus, we use. <laughs> so good for him. Yeah. I, I, yeah that was kind of funny. Yeah. So the, the, the sitting justices are regretting how much of a sideshow and nonsense, nonsensical this, uh, these, these confirmation hearings have become. And to their point, it gets even worse this week and specifically today. Because um, as of this week, Dianne Feinstein decided, California Senator Dianne Feinstein decided, well, we're going to try to get Kavanaugh. It doesn't look good in terms of stopping him with the votes. We're going to try to get him with a Me Too claim. Yeah. So the way this developed was Senator Dianne Feinstein through representative uh, Congresswoman Anna Eshoo, Eshoo? I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her name Eshoo, correctly, right? but yeah. she's, a, she's a California Congresswoman. So that California Congresswoman received a letter and forwarded it to Feinstein, and it was from a woman claiming that when she was in high school and 17 years, when Kavanaugh was 17 years old, he and a friend trapped her in a bedroom during a party and tried to assault her. Specifically, the allegation is that Kavanaugh got on top of her covered her mouth and the friend turned up the music so that people couldn't hear her screams. However, she says she was able to leave the room before any actual rape, supposedly. So it's How? like, a, it's not clear. It's not clear. But so it's like a, it's like a prelude to a rape basically, happened, <laughs> but not the actual rape itself is the allegation up until today. The accuser had declined to be publicly identified. She asked that uh, the letter not be made public, and she also refused interview. Again, that's changed as of today, uh, but the, for the first few days of the way this developed, that was the case. Kavanaugh flatly denied the friend who is alleged to have participated in this. He's a D.C. area author named Judge. 
forget what his first name is, Mr. Judge. Uh, he also flatly denies that this ever happened. Uh, the letter was apparently sent to this California congresswoman in July. And right. it's sort of confusing as to why this is only now getting traction. The, although the accuser, who we'll get to in a moment, did have some words to say about that. Feinstein, so this judge character, I just want to add this really quick. Yeah. So there's, there's this new woman today. She mentions that they were really drunk. And this judge character is a recovering alcoholic. He's written about it extensively, how he overcame his mm. addiction. Um, and now they're trying to use that against as evidence. Him as evidence. Yeah. Okay. Feinstein uh, on Wednesday shared the details of the letter, but not the letter itself with senators. So the allegations, but not the letter itself. She passed the letter off to the FBI with the accuser's name redacted. The FBI declined to investigate. Oh, why? But, why would they decline to investigate? Well, it is Pray 35 time. years ago. Um, might be tough to gather evidence on that particular case, but they passed the letter forward to the White House and, uh, and the White House sent it, to, sent it to members of the Senate Judiciary Committee. So members of the committee have, in fact, actually seen it. And as I said, as of today, the woman is now public. Uh, her name is Christine Blasley, Blasey, Blasey? Christine Blasey Ford. The woman, uh, the, the, that's the name she's going by. She is, uh, she's a psychology, or psych, uh, psychology professor in Northern California, I believe. Anyway. Uh, she's, she's now public with her story. She's saying, I thought he might inter inadvertently kill me. Uh, she told the Washington post, he was trying to attack me and remove my clothing. Uh, Ford said she was able to escape when Kavanaugh's classmate at Georgetown prep, Mark judge, the guy in question jumped on top of them and sent them tumbling. Okay. So it was like the guy who was helping Kavanaugh rape her ra intervened with rough housing. And then she escaped or something while well, his friend watched Ford recounts um, to the post, Kavanaugh pinned her to a bed on her back and groped her over her clothes, grinding against her and attempting to pull off her one-piece bathing suit and the clothing she wore over it. She tried to scream, but he put his hand over her mouth. She told uh, the paper, the, being the Washington Post, she did not recall the details after such a long time, but thinks the, <laughs> thinks the incident occurred in the summer of 1982. Okay. She, I don't recall, but it was like somewhere in the 80s this happened <laughs> when she was 15. So she was 15 at the time of this allegation. Kavanaugh was 17. Um, this, this is what she had to say on why she's coming out now and okay, not earlier. Tell me. Tell me. She said the incident contributed to anxiety and post-traumatic stress disorder symptoms with which she has struggled. Uh, struggled. Sorry. She contacted the newspaper again, being the Washington Post, I believe, through a tip line in early July when Kavanaugh was on President Trump's shortlist of potential nominees for replacing retiring so Justice So it was Anthony fine Kennedy. when he was a federal judge, but when once he elevated, got elevated to Supreme Court status, and just like, oh, I better intervene. I guess so. She said she decided in late August not to come forward as she was concerned the publicity would upend her life while not affecting Kavanaugh's confirmation. Quote, why suffer through the annihilation if it's not going to matter, she told the paper. Now, the most compelling evidence that they have, the strongest piece of evidence, is that Ford, the accuser, said she didn't tell anyone about the incident until 2012 when she was in couples therapy with her husband. She gave portions of the therapist notes to the post. So the Washington post does in fact have therapist notes that according to the Washington post, I've not seen these published. Maybe they're publicly available now. I'm not sure the newspaper reports, the notes, the notes do not mention Kavanaugh by name, but say Ford described how she went 
or how she was attacked by students from an elitist boys school who went on to become highly respected and high ranking members of society in Washington. So she never actually named that at least could the be notes. so many people. The notes don't name Kavanaugh. And here's where her husband it's jumps in. Husband Russell Ford jumps. Yeah, it's it's still a claim. You know, I mean, it's you can pay therapists to say stuff like this. The husband could be in on it. I bet she's getting paid for this. The the husband, Russell Ford, he said that in therapy sessions, her husband. In those therapy sessions, he says his wife recounted being trapped in a room with two drunken boys, one of whom pinned her to a bed, molested her and prevented her from screaming. He said she used Kavanaugh's last name and voiced concern that he, then a federal judge, might one day be nominated to the Supreme Court. So the, 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 the husband is saying, back in 2012 at these therapy sessions, she says, I was once raped by Kavanaugh, and he might become a Supreme Court nominee six years from now in the future, That's maybe. That's crazy. How many federal judges are there? There's no way lots, to have been Lots and there, lots and lots and lots. So I don't even know how many, probably like thousands, right? I, I actually don't know. I do not know the number, but it is a lot. Uh, what this means, uh, so what this means for the confirmation process, we'll get through that really quickly too, before talking about some of the interpretation here, but the committee, the Senate judiciary committee, remember it's going to have to pass through committee before it goes to the full Senate for confirmation. They were scheduled to vote on advancing Kavanaugh on Thursday, but now, um, it's not clear whether he's going to make it through committee because the, the judiciary committee has 11 Republicans, 10 Democrats and Republican Senator Jeff Flake in a last-ditch effort to be a disgrace one last time before he leaves <laughs> the Senate. He, um, he says that he will not vote for the nominee unless he hears from Ford herself, the accuser herself. He said, quote, if they push forward without any attempt, uh, with, uh, without any attempt with hearing what she's had to say, I'm not comfortable voting yes, he told Politico. Uh, Kavanaugh could proceed to the Senate floor with a tie vote in the committee, but given Republicans 51 seat majority, if Flake votes no again in the full Senate, the party could not lose a single other senator should all Democrats vote no. Oh, my God. So all of a sudden you have a very real obstacle, whether or not you believe the accusations. If you just get a few Jeff Flakes to really screw this up. Again, he's asking just to talk to her. I mean, yeah. ideally, OK, go before committee and testify, accuser lady. And. Reason will prevail and will say, we're not going to give this much weight to an unsubstantiated 35-year-old right, right. allegation with no evidence, so we're still going to vote to confirm him. If that's all that happens, fine, whatever. But if this actually <laughs> obstructs the confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh, that's going to be a real shame. Imagine what would happen. The, the, they're they're going to have to drop Brett Kavanaugh. Trump would have to nominate somebody new. And I guarantee you the same bullshit would happen, would happen. again. Exactly. Um, unrelated coma. Just let us know that there are 94 federal judges at a time and there have been 3000 historically. There you go. I mean, so how could she possibly have known that? Right. So yeah. What? Oh God. Okay. I'm supposed to believe that we live in some kind of oppressive patriarchy when a man by all accounts, who is an upstanding moral citizen and family man can virtually be taken down his life and career by an unsubstantiated claim with zero evidence based on a woman's account from 35 years ago. And a, also, a dubious account. also when he was also a minor, right? Uh, under understated detail in all of this, not that it justifies any kind of Possibly. abuse or a rape if that happened, that but one, happen. the on, allegation paid by somebody, she's a Democrat. She's donated to the DNC. 
Come I on. have to, I really have to be skeptical of the timing here. I mean, come on. I'm supposed to believe that anybody thought these accusations were all that serious. You had Brett Kavanaugh under oath last week, and there, was, there were no questions offered up to him about this. So suddenly it becomes the biggest issue ever when it looks like yeah. it's all when but a clear path. When the FBI looked at this and they were like, fuck you. Like, I'm Is not it, even going to look into this. And what's more discouraging, I mean, I, I, was tell, I was mentioning to you before we went live, but I was reading through a Politico article on this and looking at the Facebook comments on it, and it was all lefties, Democrats, talking about how legit this is and how serious it is and how that the whole thing so needs crazy. to be shut down and how they all believe it. Well, they okay. all believe it. Let's say that Amy Barrett got the nomination. What, they would have found something for her, too. Yeah, and that, that's what I'm saying. If, if this falls apart, if Jeff Flake or a few others flake out and this thing falls apart... You're going to get a nominee like her Ugh. and they'll figure out something else. Yeah. They I mean, I don't f- want to do anything that's going to incentivize more women to be on the Supreme Court. <laughs> like, wh- we, we should not be doing this. Well, this, um, I mean, I, I, from my limited understanding of the, of, of the uh, shortlist, she was my preference anyway, just philosophically Why? Uh, to, to Kavanaugh. Because Kavanaugh's opinions to me read a lot like Kennedy's. I didn't necessarily like his his writing and his his judicial philosophy as much. But yeah, that's but the point: is it, it it could be Satan McHitler as we it, as we yeah, re- referenced before. It does not matter, and that's I think that's why it's crucial that uh, I don't want to see the Jeff Flakes and the rest of these people. If Jeff Flakes' interest is simply I want to talk to this lady before I vote, fine. Mm-hmm. All right, I guess I won't be that pissed off about it. But if I'm going to be really bothered by unless more information comes out, if, if some kind of evidence that makes this seem more likely than not comes out, maybe. But as it stands, if, if anybody switches their vote from yes to no on Kavanaugh because of only this, hugely disappointing. Hugely disappointing. I mean, at this, at that, that is precedent for anybody to be taken down based on unsubstantiated allegation alone. Yeah. And that is, that's a real shame. Mm-hmm. So much for innocent until proven guilty. You're presumed politically guilty because it's convenient. Yeah. Yeah. And what about all the women that came forward and said they knew him in high school and that he was an, he was a good guy. I didn't even hear that. Was there testimony to that? wrote a letter or something like that. Oh, wow. Already in response to this. It it was before this, before it became public. But it's, it's in in response to this allegation specifically. Okay. Interesting. I had not seen that. So, you know, well, it's difficult to say what's going to happen here, but keep your eyes on it. We could see a vote as early as Thursday in committee or it's going to get delayed. Mm-hmm. But uh, I can't say that I'm surprised. My God, this is it's just it's, so predictable. it's just political. I mean, these people who claim to be standing up for what's right or claiming, to, you know, the claim they're standing up for women or whatever, victimized women. No, you're not. You are just grasping at political straws so that you can win today's political fight. And I. <laughs> A lot of this, too, is like, be, be careful of the precedent that you set. Same thing with Harry Reid changing the Senate rules so it doesn't take 60 votes anymore. It looks like that'll come back to bite them. You want to play this ultra dirty game, I guarantee in the future when Democrats are making a nomination, it's going to okay, get just as let's dirty. let's do this, Democrats. A party filled with weird sexual deviants and rapists and pedophiles. You guys want to do this? Yeah, okay. Apparently they do. Fine. Apparently they do. Fine. I, I don't give a shit about Bill Clinton, but Brett Kavanaugh supposedly groped some bitch 35 years ago. Come on. Hmm. God. You want to <sighs> take a break now or do you want to get through this Manafort thing quickly? I guess we should just get this Manafort thing. I just want to cruise through this. This okay. NBC article that we have linked is 
hilariously biased and I pulled all the information from it, but I, I wanted to talk about it because they really, they really didn't even mention what the quality of the charges were until about halfway through. Um, I don't think he's going to, going to flip though. This is all just personal stuff. Anyway. That's the big speculation. That's what I'm not clear we'll on. They see. Say I don't they, think he, he has struck a deal with doesn't the matter. He did okay. strike a deal. Um, so Donald Trump's former campaign manager or campaign chairman, Paul Manafort pleaded guilty to the two counts in his new Washington DC criminal case and admitted guilt, but this is not what you would think, in 10 counts outstanding from his earlier er, earlier trial in federal court in Virginia. So one of the new counts is for participating in a conspiracy against the United States, but it involves money laundering, tax fraud, of course, which we knew, failing to file foreign bank account reports, violating the Foreign Agents Registration Act, and lying and misrepresenting to the Department of Justice. So we basically knew all this. Uh, the second new count, Conspiracy to obstruct, uh, obstruct justice is tied to his efforts to guide witness testimony after his indictment last year. So this is the... Or as Chuck Todd puts it in this video teaser, Paul Manafort connects a lot of dots in Russian, Russian investigation. No, uh, totally unrelated, <laughs> but whatever. Um, this is yeah, about right. his personal gain. Yeah, yeah. So this is, this is what they omit in the beginning of this article. He also admitted guilt in 10 outstanding counts previously filed in Virginia including three counts of failing to file reports of foreign bank and financial accounts, seven accounts or seven counts of bank fraud and bank fraud conspiracy. So his admission of guilt to these 10 Virginia charges does not mean that he's pleaded guilty to them. Hmm. And if, but it does mean that he will not be sentenced for them. So this is just okay. part of, of him trying to get his sentence reduced. When, when people are in these situations where I don't know how much time he's looking at, it's like a shitload of time, like life in jail, right? Virtually. Is that right? Uh, I I can't recall what he was facing earlier. I thought it was like 25 or something. I mean, I don't remember. he's pretty but old. He's like that's, 65. So that, that's know, virtually yeah. life in jail. When somebody's looking at that for basically financial crimes, they're like, all right, what can I do to get out of this? Yeah. Know? And the way this article closes, Manafort has something of value for Mueller. Well, presumably. But, but to jump know? to like that implicates the president. All right. If you got the evidence, I, I look forward to seeing it. Right, right. Um, but I'm so okay, tired of this until uh, until they actually have evidence yeah, against the president yeah. himself. Um, he was convicted on eight counts of tax fraud and bank fraud and failing to report foreign bank counts. Uh, but because of a single holdout juror, the jury hung on the tent. As part of the plea, Manafort will be required to admit to the conduct outlined in the charging document. So he just basically has to sign off and be like, yeah, I did all this shit. Mm -hmm. um, which describes a, a criminal scheme to launder money, defraud banks, evade taxes, and violate lobbying laws. I fail to see how any of this is related to anything in the Mueller investigation. Who, who's the author? I apologize because I haven't had a chance to read through this in detail, but who's the author referring to when he says Manafort could flip on a big foot fish but might not be Trump? Who's Who else would it be? I don't know. I mean, it's it's purely speculative. I really don't think anything is going to happen. I think he's just looking at ways that he can save his ass because they're throwing the book at him for his financial crimes. Hmm. Um, this isn't going to implicate Trump at all. I'm, I'm not worried. Here's what the author asks. Consider another scenario. What if this agreement is for cooperation against a high-level government official, but it's not Trump? What if it's not even an American official? Well, the answer is I don't care. Though. I don't care about it. I don't care about this anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's watch this main piece. I yeah. No, I, I got such a kick out of this because in the reporting of all of this going on this week, NBC on the Today Show in the morning is sending out reporter guy to go talk to everyday people in toss up congressional districts. So this week he goes out to Maine to talk to a bunch of people, including this lobster operation, like fisherman brother and sister. And he asks them questions about politics and they're like, 
we don't really care. We just want to be able to do our jobs and yeah. earn money. And, and he's this kind is how of Americans are. I mean, and he's kind of surprised by this. And it's like, yeah, you dummy. Nobody, nobody outside of your stupid media circles cares about the crap that you're talking about. So here's the here's the piece on the Today Show this week. So what will decide the elections and that balance of power in Washington? Will it be President Trump's tweets, the Russia investigation, something else? The only way to find out, of course, what matters is to spend days at a time in America's toss-up districts. So that is exactly what we're going to do between now and Election Day. How you guys doing? You're on TV today. Can I come down there with you? Sure. This is my first time on a lobster boat. You guys are brother-sister team? Yeah. How long have you guys been doing this? And it's just a family business? That's right. Day to day out here, what do people care about? What are people concerned about? I know they try and change the laws a lot. Uh How many traps we fish or like when we fish. It's funny. When you you say talking about changing laws, I thought you were going to say the laws that people talk about changing in Washington, like gay marriage, Uh, medical marijuana, all that stuff. But you're talking about when you can haul traps. Absolutely, yeah. You guys know who uh, Paul Manafort is? I don't. You don't. Uh, How about Robert Mueller? Oh, that makes sense. You guys got other things you're thinking about. Yes. I really don't blame them, honestly. And it's from the potato farm to the lobster mill to uh, that paper uh, factory. People just care about what their daily lives are all about. And it doesn't mean, of course, course, that if the president colluded with Russia, that is unimportant. But it's just not what is top of mind Mm -hmm. day in and day out for these folks. Getting out of bed, putting on their shoes and getting a job. Oh, maybe now you get it. Maybe now you understand why they might vote Trump in that context. Oh, okay. So did you just actually create a plausible scenario in which reasonable people might vote that way outside of hatred, white supremacism, other conspiracy theories? It's like it dawned on them and they talk about it for a little while after we had to cut it off. But they're just like looking at each other like like as though they're observing a, a different species in a cage. Yeah. Like, oh, this is what the low IQ, like low information voter is. Yeah. They care about their daily lives and totally yeah. normal stuff, like how they're going to feed their fucking family. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about like gay marriage and weed. And it's like, look, at, look at them. Look at you think they people. give a shit yeah. about gay marriage or weed? What are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway. That's uh, we're, we're running tight on time, so we should probably keep it moving. But I just I love that they accidentally fall upon an obvious conclusion. Yeah. That they have to actually go out there to figure it out. But I guess good for them that they actually did. That's more yeah. than a lot of other outlets are doing. Yeah. I also thought it was hilarious that they had like a really diverse panel. I don't I don't even remember who was on it, but there was like well, a the today show ever since Matt Lauer got me to it. It's like, oh, yeah, that's no right. more white men allowed. Basically. It's like no white men. It's like a gay dude, a black. Yeah. Dude. And they, they still were... have Carson Daly, though. Carson Daly. He, he fills the white male quota. Yeah. But there there are these minority groups that are supposedly oppressed, but they're sitting in these cushy jobs making so much money and they're clearly so visibly disconnected from the average American, which is just like a kind of poor white person. Yeah. They don't even understand this kind of person anymore. Yeah. Like how's that for oppression? Um, okay. I guess we should do some super chats then. Yeah. All right. Boogeyman 917. Thanks for the sanity safe space. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for tuning in. John Smith, the movers lost blonde's equipment as part of a conspiracy to deplatform her. This reeks of George Soros. Well, he did personally move me in, so I think you're on with something. Ah, Soros funded movers, you yeah. say. That was the company I used. Um, hmm. Albertus Magnus 44 uh, replied, and Maxine threatened Henry II asked rhetorically, Who will rid me of this turbulent priest shortly after Thomas Beckett, the turbulent priest, was murdered? Grant says, Blonde, you should do a hangout with Martina Marcota. She just launched a successful Comicsgate uh, Indiegogo, does stuff with the Rebel. 
and has been looking to do more in the arts from the red. I've never heard of her. I'll check her out if I can remember after this show. Um, Alberta's bag is 44. Media consider Florence to be a disaster because she went from ca category four to category one and they can't blame Trump for everything. Huh. Redica said, so this fucker isn't even from the state that is being affected. Let the Oregonian sit on his ass and shut up. Um, Talking about Jeff Merkley. Oh, right. He, I mean, he's one, he's not in a state affected by the hurricane. Mm -hmm. Two, he's not in a state that is on the border either. Although Oregon does have its fair share of illegal immigrants. Yeah. But for the most part, he is sheltered from both problems much more than other states. And yet that's rich. Yeah, he's uh, the guy Andrew, fighting the battles. Sorry, I mean, interrupt you. Uh, I think he's I think he's positioning for an unlikely presidential run. I'm, we'll see about that. I think. But he's too generic. He's going to be the Martin O'Malley this time around. Maybe. Kamala Harris, Cory Booker. <laughs> oh, that'd be so entertaining. Um, the Will Ander. No note. Thank you, sir. Sinek eight. On the YouTube side of news, Mr. Medicare versus Sargon. I guess I'm going to have mm. to check this out if I want to be hip and cool like all of you kids yeah it's all the talk these days uh, benjamin abrams big chill in the 70s global warming in the 2000s because the ice age was ended by coal plants and soccer moms in hummers right climate change is socialism by totalitarian watermelons hashtag repeal the 19 <laughs> electric duck <laughs> that has just become a mantra of the show and i don't even know who's trolling and who's serious anymore everybody's serious okay maybe uh electric Duck says, here's some more of that electrician money for you too, blonde. Uh, looking gorgeous as always. Matt, well, you're also here too, so I guess. Well, thanks. I <laughs> love the show. Keep fighting the good fight. Make your beds and join the trades. Thank you, dude. Autumn, Dorsey, hey, Matt and Blonde, love what you guys do, and I hope you continue for a long time without a producer. Thank you, Autumn. We're well, that, doing our that best. Is, that is very encouraging. I appreciate that. Anyway, have you seen the Sunday special with Ben Shapiro? Have a nice night. No, but I was just informed that Crowder was on it not wearing any pants. Yeah, that's what I saw. So I've not watched it yet. I assume maybe there's a contextual reason why there weren't pants. Uh, but I don't know. Jacob says, no review, bra. My disappointment is measurable and my day is ruined. I'm sorry, but it would just break my heart if review bra got a bunch of shit for coming on this podcast. Hmm. I just want him to be happy, you know? Well, you can invite him and you could warn him of the potential adverse effects. And if he decides he to do, do it anyway. Uh, let's just do one more for right now. Uh, this is from Snarps. Matt and I once made love and someone made a cartoon about it, but there was no outrage because, hey, you can't be racist towards white people. Ain't that the truth? All right, <laughs> I remember. All right. Uh, let's talk. Let's, let's get through this quickly because I know everybody has followed it mostly, but we haven't talked about it too much. So the Serena Williams and the subsequent cartoon, the cartoon controversy. Um I am not, a, uh, we did discuss it kind of in passing a little bit on the call-in show, so maybe you'll, you'll hear a little bit of overlap. Sorry about that if that's you, but I'm not a I'm not tennis expert guy. I might misspeak on some of the technical terms of tennis here, uh, so fair warning. But my understanding of how this all played out, it was the U.S. Uh, Open Women's Final last weekend, I believe, and, uh, and Serena Williams is facing Naomi Osaka, who's this kind of up-and-coming Japanese uh tennis tennis lady and well, she's uh half black half, half jeff well she's from japan though she's like representing japan right or that's her that's her official country is japan it says osaka parentheses jpn parentheses. yeah but i mean if we're gonna call obama half black then we gotta call this bitch half black too well i'm not talking about her race though i'm talking about her it's, it's beside the point anyway hey it was important to the left i guess yeah uh she's this up-and-coming tennis player and she 
I don't know if it was considered an upset or not, but she beats Serena. And this is a big victory for Osaka, and it's a big, bad defeat for Serena. But throughout the match, Serena is playing poorly and being a bad sport about it. But the the controversy originates when she's allegedly receiving signals from her coach in the stands, which is something that this guy admits to. Now, we'll get to that clip in a moment. But she gets a warning because she's violating the rules for getting signals from her coach guy in the stands. That's a warning. Okay, then she starts sucking, and she gets all pissed off, and she smashes her racket. Well, that's a, penal- a penalty of a point for racket smashing. That's against the rules. And she gets all pissed off about that because she thinks that should be a warning, not a penalty. And there shouldn't be anything about the coaching because she says she wasn't being coached. Well, she still gets the, the point penalty. Then she as rips- far as the rules are concerned, I don't even know if it matters if she doesn't perceive that she's being coached. I think that the rule is... Uh, yeah, I don't think that's part that of it. But I might if be there's any kind of element of like coaching being emitted, it doesn't matter if it reaches you. you, you and coach guy admits it and says, I was like, doing yeah, I it, it's this. just yeah. everyone does it. Well, yeah. I mean, that's not a defense necessarily. Serena rips umpire guy, calls him a thief. He calls her out for verbal abuse. She gets a third penalty. That's a, that's a, a game violation, right? You get a game penalty for that. Okay, eventually Serena just loses anyway because she was outplayed. So let's take a look at, uh, at how the, the actual match and Serena's tirade played out. Here's some clips of that. So you can see Coach Guy making signals in the stands, and then he admits to it. I'm honest. I was coaching. I mean, I don't think she looked at me, so that's why she didn't even think I was. But I was like 100% of the coaches on 100% of the matches. Okay, and Serena, the, the the umpire calls that out. They get a warning for that. Serena comes over and says, "No, no, I wasn't receiving coaching." And he's like, "All right, whatever." He's telling me to come on. But she has a daughter. And I understand why you may have thought I, that was coaching, but I'm telling you, it's not. I don't cheat to win. I'd rather lose. Okay, but you know, if you'd rather lose, way to go for losing because she starts yeah, playing you're badly. A good loser. And then she gets really pissed off and smashes her racket. Okay, so that's a smash that one. And that's a point violation. That's point penalty. Point penalty. I didn't get coaching. You need to take you need to make an announcement that I didn't get coaching. You owe me apology. I have never cheated in my life. I have a daughter and I stand what's right for her. I've never uh-huh. cheated. For you to attack my character is something that's wrong. You are the liar. You owe me an apology. Say it. Say you're sorry. Well then you're then don't talk to me. Don't talk to yeah, me. Don't it, and then he says, you know, that's a, that's a third violation for verbal abuse. Now it's yeah. a game penalty. Verbal abuse. Game penalty. Okay, so that's how that played out. That sounds really fair. That's one. Objectively speaking, right again, I'm not tennis expert guy, but I see how these things were called. I yeah. see how the rules were violated. Okay, this couldn't have happened to a seemingly nicer person in Naomi Osaka. In fact, she's so mild-mannered that she apologizes to the crowd because they wanted Serena to win. Again, this is like a career-defining win for her. And she's apologizing to the crowd over what she's done because they wanted Serena to win. Okay. I know that everyone was cheering for her, and I'm sorry it had to end like this. I I just want to say thank you for watching the match. Um, Thank you. Okay. And then, of course, uh, Serena is going to blame what else but sexism for what happened to her. So there's a couple of things here. I don't want to get too tinfoily, but you might appreciate this. On multiple occasions, 
throughout her sexism tirade on the court and at the press conference, Serena is referring to male players, male tennis players, as other men. Other men, in addition to me. No, I've seen pictures of her when she was a little (laughs) girl, but I do think she's juiced. I mean, did you see her neck? I'm not going full Michelle Obama, like tranny conspiracy theory, but just her phrasing. And if she just said it once, like, okay, that's weird, but it's heat of the moment. She says it not only in the court, in the court tirade, but in the, in the, uh, in the press conference afterwards as well. So she's going to blame sexism for what happened. Here's Serena Williams. can't sit here and say I wouldn't her bulging neck is gonna break her he, necklace I thought he took a game from me but I've seen other men call other umpires several things <laughs> and I'm here fighting for women's rights and for women's equality and for all kinds of stuff and for me and to for say chicks with dicks and for him to take a game God. it made me feel like it was a sexist remark I mean like how uh, he's never took a game from a man because they said thief. okay and then, so that's controversy number one. To what degree was Serena Williams the victim of sexist treatment at the U.S. <laughs> Open? Again, she's stealing the spotlight from somebody who earned a, a really, a really great victory. You know, a, a defi- real cute too. Career-defining victory, and she's just stealing the spotlight from this poor girl. But the second part of this uh, controversy comes out with this Harold Sun cartoon. Um, this this is the cartoon in question here. This is a this is a Melbourne a Melbourne Melbourne Australia pronouncing Melbourne. that correctly Melbourne Australia cartoon and it's by a guy named Mark Knight and it's Serena smashing her racket. I think the weirdest thing about this cartoon is they made Naomi Osaka in the background white and white. blonde. It said, "Can you can you just let her win or whatever?" Maybe it's because she acts like this in all of her matches. Hmm. Anyway, this was uh, this was of course called horrendously racist and uh, you know it's it's the worst thing ever. Who called um, it racist? What fence-sitting motherfucker called it racist <laughs> this week? Mr. Philly D, I'm looking at you. I was a little bit surprised that that was his take, but he said, Come yeah, on. I don't see how you could call it uh, not racist. And of course, this is the Huffington Post piece uh, ripping the Herald Sun because the Herald Sun stuck by the cartoon and said, Good. like, look, he makes political caricature. Mark Knight makes political caricature of everybody. And guess what? When you are made into a caricature, you, it's not flattering. You look ridiculous. Take right. a look at all of his history of work from politicians to pop culture icons to the rest. When's the last time you saw a political cartoon or a caricature depiction? You're like, wow, that was very flattering of that person. Yeah. I guess they're mad because like the, the lips were big or something like that. It's, it's, this is the kind of stuff where I want to ask these people, okay, show me an okay cartoon about Serena Williams. Cause it seems like she's getting the Muhammad treatment from you people. Like she yeah. cannot be depicted as a cartoon yeah. or else the old Muhammad treatment. <laughs> it does seem a little bit like that, mm-hmm. but I did appreciate that this newspaper, the, the, the Herald sun, uh, as the Washington post reported here, doubled down because they actually put, they, they came out with their paper the next day, uh, Wednesday. And the headline was welcome to the PC world. Uh, and it had not only Serena, the picture of Serena back on it, but a whole bunch of Mark Knight's other work. 
good. And I appreciate that, that, that they said, oh, you're going to call us racist and sexist. Well, we're going to put it on the cover of the paper now. Good for yeah, them. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, Too bad he had to deactivate his Twitter account. Though. Yeah, that was the next part is the heat on him on Twitter. I don't know why this won't scroll. There we go. The heat on him on Twitter was so bad that he actually deactivated his Twitter account um, fully. And the original speculation was that he was censored off of Twitter. He was not censored. No. He, he actually that. chose to do this. Uh, said Knight, the author, I drew the cartoon Sunday night after seeing the U.S. Open final and seeing the world's best tennis player have a tantrum and thought that was interesting. I've, it's been uh, picked up by social media in the U.S. and my phone has just melted down. The world has just gone crazy. He says he did this to protect his family and friends. I, I don't know if he's getting threats or what's happening. I'm I sure presume he is. That's the Rabbit case, left but, goes crazy over stuff like this. Um, but uh, I guess these are the big lips in question. How racist are these big lips? You be the judge. Yeah, but he made her already huge lips bigger as character artists do. I, it's no more offensive to me than any other caricature depiction. I, I would have to see, like, what's a non-offensive cartoon depiction of Serena Williams then? Show me. I need to see it. Somebody draw it for me. Because as far as I can tell, only a photograph. I don't have the side-by-side, but, but I think... Uh, did you send it to me or who sent it to me? Somebody did send me a side-by-side and it's like, well, I mean, how how far off is it really? Is it really that inaccurate? Yeah. I I, I don't know. Anyway, um, this whole thing was, uh, I was texting with my dad about this and we were talking about this whole thing is just a demonstration in the total inability to take responsibility for yourself sometimes. I mean, yeah. my God, Serena, like all you got to do, even if you have the tantrum in the moment, just come out and be like, you know, I care passionately about tennis and Sometimes I'm a, a sore loser because I care so much and it, it sucked what happened. Um, I lost and uh, I, I regret taking the spotlight from Naomi Osaka. Like yeah. something like that would have fixed this whole thing. I mean, and what did you say to me? You, you said that she has reverse Blonde's disease. And that's, <laughs> I think that's pretty insightful. It's like you just had a baby. You know, why can't you be like somebody like Adele who, who realizes that having a baby is a bigger accomplishment than anything that she's actually accomplished? And yeah. realize that like having that gift of life transcends your personal accomplishments. Instead, you can tell that she views her child as a tool to demonstrate her oppression. She's not at home with her kid. Yeah. And she's and she had to get back in the game and act like she was as good as before. I mean, what we're watching is her decline. You know, she she's losing the mastery of her own body. She's in her late 30s. How long can these athletes keep it going? It's like, don't just go out on top. Just go out on top. Go out being the best. Be yeah. happy that you have the gift of a child after a really difficult birth. Shut your fucking mouth and just be a mom. And even if I accept your premise that there's a rampant sexism in tennis, congratulations on overcoming the sexism for all those years. It makes your previous accomplishments all the more impressive. Yeah. But those your best years are probably behind you at this and point. And that's Maybe. an okay thing. Why can't you just that's fine. your accomplishments? Nobody sure. can keep it going forever. And maybe, you know, you might not be the champion going forward. Maybe you can play well enough to be competitive. And that's good enough, too. I mean, to right. even be, to defend her a little bit, to be competitive in a professional sport after giving birth to a child is impressive in and of itself. That's a good accomplishment for her in and of itself, just being there in a championship no, that's game. that's a stupid accomplishment. Why I mean, I bother? I, I'll let her determine what she wants to do with her life. But the idea that it's like some letdown, I, I, I just reject the premise that she should be that disappointed. Like, good for you. You've done a lot. Yeah, I mean, she had an opportunity to go out on top and, and now everybody sees her for what she is. This was a the, huge fucking mistake. One of the top comments in the ESPN highlights was, 
Prior to this, I had no opinion of Serena Williams. Now I really hate her. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> that's how, I how I felt. Like, huh. yeah. I didn't realize you were such a self-centered bitch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's this and attitude it's... in America that if you come from nothing, that you can't, or or if you're a mi- especially a minority that comes from nothing, that you can never become a smug elitist. Hmm. But she has disproven that, and you know, Oprah too. Like you totally can that maybe that's the American dream. You can come from nothing, be an oppressed minority and then teach everybody how shitty they are. Hmm. Ridiculous. Well, we do have three more topics, all of which are fairly quick. You want to just power through these? Sure. You think? Okay. Tell me what happened. I've this, <laughs> I haven't been able to read about, there's two cop shootings I want to discuss. I haven't been able to read about this one in Dallas in as much detail as I would like, but the story keeps getting from my limited perspective, more and more ridiculous because it seems like the police department is trying to defend this cop who killed a guy in his own apartment. It's really, really bad. It's yeah. Really bad. So, so tell me what's going on there. Um, so what happened was this white Dallas police officer. She's been arrested. Um, la- I think last Sunday was this last Sunday or was it today? No, I think it was a week ago uh, was, for yeah. manslaughter because she went into the apartment of her black neighbor who apparently she thought was a burglar in her own apartment. And, and she, it was like a floor up or a floor down. Is that something like that? Yeah. Okay. But, um, she thought it was her apartment. The door was ajar, And so she goes in and she's like, who's there. And then she sees like this black dude and she's like, put your hands up, put your hands up. And he doesn't do it because it's his apartment. And he's like, what is right. this tiny white bitch doing in my apartment? And she shoots him in the gut and then he dies at the hospital later. So she wasn't arrested for three days. Um, in the affidavit, David, she says that these apartments are identical. I really thought that he was in my apartment. She immediately called 911. So I actually am inclined to believe that this was a mistake. It sounds to me, the toxicology reports haven't been released yet, but it sounds to me like something a drunk person would do. Hmm. I actually know a few people who have broken into other people's apartments when they were really drunk thinking. Yeah, that, I've had a friend do that. Although yeah, um, I have had friends do that too. I'm thankful that he was not shot in such yeah. a scenario. Yeah. And we've actually talked about this on the show before. Like I can see how something like that would happen, but it's, it, that seems like the kind of thing that would happen when alcohol was involved and the layouts of all these apartments are identical. The doors are identical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, but if alcohol wasn't involved, this is another reason that, that women shouldn't be cops. It's like, what are you, what are you doing in this field? It's moms or nothing ladies for real. Right. It's you have a hair trigger. You're clearly incompetent. And now some dude is dead. So anyway, they, they, they um, searched the guy's apartment and they found like, a somewhat large personal stash of weed, you know, like yeah, that was little, the other headline a little less is, than that, half an is that marijuana was recovered in his apartment. And that's yeah, my biggest problem with this. Cause bullshit. it's like, yeah. who cares? You know, this guy was just minding his own fucking business in his apartment. Somebody came into his apartment, shot him dead. Does it yeah. matter that he had a personal amount of weed in there? Does that change anything right. for anybody? That's because based on my read of it, again, I've not looked it into it in extremely thorough detail, but based on what I've seen, I could understand how this was a horrible misunderstanding. I don't see evidence of like premeditation. Right. Or anything I don't, like I that. think that this was an accident, but it doesn't matter. But, but these, these weird lines, like this headline of, um, the Dallas officer who killed neighbor in his apartment said he ignored her verbal commands. You don't, your verbal commands are irrelevant, irrelevant in his apartment when you don't have a warrant to be there. Right. Like, I don't, I don't right. care what you He's told minding him. Minding his own business. He was probably right. like playing Xbox or some shit. Some tiny white woman comes in his apartment, starts barking orders at him. I'd be like, get Also, was there a doing? search warrant for the weed? Is that why you were there? Was he yeah. like illegally growing? I feel to see what, how that's relevant. I find yeah, it I don't see how that's relevant that at all. That was, 
that that was released, especially on the day of his funeral. Oh, was that was that the timing of it? That's yeah, pretty bad. Yeah, and you oh know, normally, normally with these police shootings, I'm like, all right, like I see how the, this went. I mean, come on, bitch, come on. Are you serious with this? Well, that, I guess that's what I find so troublesome about this one is like, if ever there's a case that is like black and white, cop in the wrong. It's the this be is this, this is going to be yeah. your case. Yeah. However, these these weird I don't know if it's the police department that's releasing this information or who who is it that's actually releasing these details that are stupid and irrelevant like well he ignored her commands and he had weed. I don't care, dude. I don't care like what kind of illegal activity was going on in his apartment if you didn't have a, a warrant to be there. So it was 10 grams of weed that was found which uh, you know for pot smokers that's that's like not a small amount of weed, but that's clearly a personal stash. That's not somebody that it has the intent of selling weed. That's like I don't even care if he did have like a, you know I don't care if he had a gigantic yeah, but I think that the implication may have been that this was some kind of drug deal gone wrong. That's the way I read it. Oh, okay, okay. Well, yeah. if there was some reason to believe that, then maybe doesn't matter. I don't care but, either. But that I, does. I but if that was the case, then that does not exonerate the cop either. In fact, that right. might make it worse for the cop. Yeah, but she was in plain clothes, right? I don't know, actually. Let me know. I, the I think she was off duty. She was not I think like she was off duty, but I don't know if she was like coming home from work or if she was in plain. I, I think she was in plain clothes, but let me know. That well, doesn't really change anything either. On the other side of this, if you're if you're ready to move on yeah. briefly to another shooting, there was a there, the Los Angeles Police Department released some body cam footage of a female cop being shot by a gang member during a traffic stop in July after she was shot, her partner then shot the gang member dead. Sorry, did you? She was in her uniform, but she was off duty. Oh, gotcha, okay. So this is kind of the other side of it. Um, this is the reality of what a lot of police officers face in terms of the immediate sudden risk that you have to confront and the need uh, and uh, for, for snap decisions and snap decisions having huge consequences. So again, I don't play this to justify the cop in Dallas. Everything I've seen about this cop in Dallas says cop in the wrong. Mm -hmm. But uh, but th this type of clip is stuff we never see. Uh, we never see like played on CNN and discussed in police shooting incidents. The, the type of risk that these people face uh, on a daily basis especially in bigger cities like Los Angeles, this is scary footage to watch. And thankfully the, the cop, I believe has, she's uh, she survived and is expected to be okay. At least uh, that's the report I saw. Not the guy who shot her though. Yeah. Watch how this uh, went down. How you doing? Pretty good. Good? Haven't seen you in a while. Still on probation? 911s, man. Okay, I'm gonna have you step out of the vehicle. Okay. You don't have anything on you, right? You're good. Yeah. Officer needs help. Shots fired. Needs help. Shots fired. Oh. South of Plumber. Oh my God. In my left leg. Oh, that was I mean, lucky. Yeah, that is the context in which a lot of these snap judgments fit, and I don't want to forget that. And again, this is not to apply it to Dallas. I just, you know, when you think about police shootings being justified or not, oftentimes that very serious risk is kind of minimized in my, in my opinion, in a lot of this analysis. Yeah. Scary stuff. Terrifying. I also don't want to connect these stories, but I do want to point out that two female cops were. <laughs> I figured you might go there. Figured you might go there. Come on. Any... Of all the jobs women should not have, it's like, that's gotta be number one for me. Um, uh, right. But right behind like, um, 
I don't know, infantry platoon sergeant or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, it's like, what are you doing? You weigh. Now, well, of course, number pounds. one, president of the United States. Oh, of then course. then infantry leader, yeah. then police Supreme officer. Court justice is up there too. <laughs> okay, uh, and yeah, and pretty much every job, all the way down to mom. Mom is the job that. <laughs> Speaking of which, get on it. You're behind. <laughs> Hey, uh, David Hogg provided some nice hoggy and bullshit this week. This is so cringy. I couldn't even. David Hogg is hanging out with uh, Michael Moore. He outcringed Michael Moore. Good for him. He's hanging out with Michael Moore in Canada at the premiere of Moore's new movie, Eleven Nine, telling telling Canadians to make campaign contributions to U.S. candidates in violation of of federal law. When he realizes that's illegal, uh, he says, "Okay, well, vote the right way in Canada because we're going to have to move here once the U.S. falls, basically, or if it keeps going the way it's going." And that at that point, Michael Moore is just kind of slyly saying. All right, just just give me that mic back. He just kind of grabs it. When Michael Moore shuts you up, you know that you've just gone too far left. Way to go, David Hogg. This is what that sounded like. David Hogg from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. Thank you. I have a question for you guys. Who's ready to save America? Who's ready to make America the country that we say it is on paper and make it the actual country that it wants to be? You mean make America great again? Turn that shame that into your vote if you're not Canadian. Uh, can I, I think Canadians can donate to political campaigns in the United States. They can't? Well, uh, well, vote here. Make, because... <laughs> learn from us. No. No. D- don't let this happen here because we, we need to come to you guys if, uh, if we stay on this track. Okay, watch. Just give me that, David. All right, thanks. <laughs> oh, the cringe, the cringe. I've asked. I've actually been thinking about how I'm going to have to watch that again this whole episode. Yeah, that was a tough one. But that wasn't even that wasn't even the arguably the worst thing he did all week. Because this was Daily Show was bad. Yeah, this was this was kind of independent of David Hogg, but he was um, he was pushing this. So the story that came out in the New York Times this week was that the State Department spent $52,000 on curtains for the U.S. ambassador's residence in New York City. And you can see the editor's note here atop the piece as it currently exists. They've edited it to clarify the implication that this was Trump and or Nikki Haley's fault. Because the fourth paragraph of the original story, and I think it's still that way, said, yeah, it, it said a spokesman for Ms. Haley emphasized that plans to buy the mechanized curtains were made in 2016 during the Obama administration. Ms. Haley had no say in the purchase. This was part of the original story, but because the New York Times headline previously made it sound like the, the current administration and specifically Nikki Haley, UN ambassador herself, were responsible for it, there was a lot of flack for that. And the New York Times has since edited its story to reflect that kind of misrepresentation but that is an obscene amount of money to spend on curtains well obama had to get some nice ones for who he thought would be like hillary's u.n ambassador presumably is how this worked out because they were this the plans were made in 2016 under the assumption i think that a democrat would would stay in office he just had to replace the jizz stayed ones from the clinton administration oh boy all right i i actually i hate to i hate to throw water on your joke, but I'm pretty sure that the, the residence is new because they used to stay at a hotel that I read. Sorry. Damn. I, I might be wrong. Oh, yeah. The residence is in a new building. It says oh. on First Avenue. For decades, American ambassadors to the UN lived uh, at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. 
Anyway, David Hogg, who, of course, can't be bothered to read the own articles, to read the very articles that he's tweeting out to rip people, uh, tweets out this week, Dear Nikki Haley, there are starving children in America every day and you have the audacity to misappropriate thousands of dollars for your own lavish lifestyle. Resign immediately. Sincerely, America. Ugh, dun, don't dun, speak dun, on dun. my behalf, you pencil neck little fruit. And he got ripped up and down for this because, Good. of course, not just that it... It's like, believe the times, I guess... But if you had even bothered to read the Times story, fourth paragraph, you would have seen that what you're claiming is absolutely false yeah. and ridiculous. He and he, got, though. he just wants to stay relevant. He got ripped up and down for this. He just deleted the tweet. He didn't apologize to Nikki Haley for he perpetuating. The tweet. Didn't he it just, have like thousands and thousands of retweets? The, screen sheet, the screenshot I have right here, I don't know when, at what point this was because I had to Google it to find a screenshot, even an archive I couldn't find of the tweet. 27,000 likes, 17,000 responses, doesn't list retweets. Oh, jeez. But he got ripped up and down and, uh, yeah, has not apologized for it. So way to go, David Hogg, you know, standing up for, for what America is supposed to be on paper or whatever he's talking about. Who knows? You know, it's kind of interesting. He talks about America living up to its foundational values or whatever, except, you know, the second value that was articulated in the Bill of Rights. Don't care about that. We'll leave that one alone. Okay, um, before we get out of here, uh, you know what time it is, right? It's time for a too long segment sounder, yeah? There it oh, is. And now, the I nobody like saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? It's a very brief one. But a Long Island woman admitted this week that she fabricated stories of MAGA hat wearing teens harassing her. No. She's been charged with making a false report to police. Here's what uh, local New York coverage has to say about this particular lady. Now at nine, a woman is under arrest on Long Island for fabricating a story that she was heckled by four teenage Trump supporters. <laughs> police say she made it up. 19-year-old Edwoa Lewis told police a group of teens what chanted Trump 2016 in front of her, yelled at her to get out of the country. She also claimed someone slashed her tire. However, police say she made the whole story up and admitted to leaving a hateful note on her own car. She went full loomer on the tires, I'm told. Her name Ed was Ed Edwoa Lewis. <laughs> What's funny about that? I think that's a great name. What do you want from me with these things? <laughs> I've heard this story before. She's due in court on September 24th. She's been charged with making a false report to police. The incident allegedly, or at least she claimed the incident had occurred on September 1st. If that's the case, I don't know why these teens would have been chanting Trump 2016 some two years after the 2016 wow, she election. she didn't really think this through. Also, go back, go back home. What are they even talking about? Because she's black, I guess. That's, that was the allegation. I don't know what the note said. Is that what the note was alleged to have said? Go back home? I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I can see how like, that, that's car. more feasible for like your Arabs. Or Hispanics maybe with, the, yeah, with yeah. the southern border. But yeah, I mean, go back home is not commonly applied to black people. Yeah. I wouldn't think. I mean, but... when I leave notes on taco trucks, that's what <laughs> I write. But never a black person. I, I was curious about the motive because I don't see much reporting on the motive. And I did do my due diligence, of course, and try to track down a GoFundMe. was not able to find one. So I don't know if she cashed in on this or not. I'm not sure why she did this. I was not able to find a, an obvious motive. But police have know. determined we it's We're going to be rich or the attention. Yeah, but it didn't happen. 
Edwoa, you've been you've been <laughs> caught on the long list of things that didn't happen. Congratulations on your entry in the book of fairy tales. <gasps> they chanted Trump 2016 at me in fall 2018. Okay. Huh. Yeah. I didn't think that one through. Edwoa is apparently not known for her thoughtfulness, no. No. That looks like a high IQ woman right there. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Uh, it's time for. I can't believe that someone would have chat. so much like hate in their heart. <laughs> Go. Go. Yoda Economics. Hey, I think my sounders don't play at the time they actually play. Uh, oh. Yoda Economics said, Matt and I once made love in a hurricane. My category seven and a half penetrated the wall of his compound. And did millions of dollars of damage, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, you really damaged him with your giant hurricane. <laughs> Fucking gross, you guys. Thank you. Mr. DJ Fly High, that Google thing was a, a, a gigantic circle jerk. Also, the blue shirt with the mustache looks like the Gene, the Gene Shallot. What does that mean? Uh, I have a question, though. What the is the movie critic? Maybe. Uh, like, oh, like Gene Shallot? I don't know. Will you Google that for me? Am I thinking of the right guy? S H A L I T. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Oh, I thought that it's not capitalized. He's still so alive. I, I thought he was dead. Huh. Wow, he's old though. He's like older than Ginsburg. That's the old. movie critic of Siskel and Ebert. No, no, he's he's a different. Uh, he was an American film and book critic for the Today Show. He's not. I don't think he's part of Siskel and Ebert because he's not named Siskel or Ebert. Oh, that does make sense. All End right. of the show. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I have a question though. What's your midterm election predictions? Blue wave, yay or nay? Um, I wasn't thinking that it was going to happen, but Ann Coulter seems to be worried, and when when Ann's worried, hmm. I worry. Uh, I'm still on the record thinking overblown. Maybe they take the House by a very slim margin. I could see it happening, but I don't think there's no shot in the Senate, and I don't think uh, I think warnings about the House are a little bit overstated. But we'll see. Um, let's talk about Joe. Google is fixing that problem with what they are working on in China. Yeah, we'll see about that. You mean complying with the government uh, to mm. censor the people? Redica says these asshats at Google are in their own fucking bubble. They are uh, that are deluded that Trump is literally Hitler because they believe uh, their own Kool Aid. It's ridiculous. Grave Ab says. Back after scrounging together enough rubies to pay your fascist fees, oh, after Trump, <laughs> will the Republicans be able to keep control or will it fall to the crazy left for four years? I don't know. I mean, it depends on if we can oust these neocons. I think at the end of the day, most people vote with their wallets. You know, I think uh, the, the general perspective articulated by those lobster fishing, the lobster fishing brother and sister is okay. the way most people vote. It's like my tolerance... I can tolerate a lot of stupid tweets about Puerto Rico or a lot of bullshit I don't like, a lot of weird quotes about tremendously large and tremendously wet hurricanes yeah. or whatever, if I'm doing better financially. And I think for most yeah. people, they are. And I think that's that that creates uh, a good prospect for the president and his party by default, but there are, there are no guarantees, you know? Uh, Nancy Muncy, what's more upsetting is there are so many people who don't share our values echo chamber much. This is the result of participation trophies. No one knows how to lose. That is so true. Hmm. Oh, God. And, and, and speaking to their values, I mean, I think the values they were articulating, I think what they were saying are largely anti-American values, at least what the CEO was saying about thought control and stuff like that, or at least controlling fake news and controlling information, that kind of stuff. Those, yeah, those uh, are questionable values. If you ask me, um, the slaughtered lamb, 
what is wrong with liberal socialism and socialism? You can't put a democratic in front or behind it to sugarcoat. It's a pipe dream that morphs into a pipe bomb that blows up in your face. That's also true. Hmm. Um, guy Rainey says, Hey guys, would you be able to interview the team at China uncensored slash America uncovered? Are you familiar with this? I am not. Neither am I. I'm sorry that we don't know a lot of the references. We're in, we're in our own, we're in our own mini Google echo chamber bubble. We really here. are. <laughs> we're in our, we have our own TGIF meetings. Yeah. We don't know anything about the outside world. That's true. Um, Clint Merch says the coasty wasn't flashing. Okay. It's the circle game supposed to be below the waist. If you, look, oh, yeah. you take two hits, it's a military. I remember that. Did you ever have people do that to you when you were in like junior high, maybe? They trick you into looking at that below the waist, and if you do, then you get two two punches. This does sound kind of familiar, but nobody did it to yeah. me because I'm a chick. Kind of like slug bug or whatever, you know, those kind of things. Like, yeah, just weird excuses for dudes to hit each other. <laughs> those kind of things. Uh, Philbert 53 Rogers, uh, the Vegeta Google <laughs> needs to be awakened in the dead of night and deported. His white enablers need to be on the same flight out. No comment, but that was funny. Redica says... So the soy commie wants the room to spread their Lord and Savior envy and oppression. I, which one was the soy commie? The Frenchman? Ha, ha, ha. Maybe there are some good nominees We've got for the that. Hunch, but yeah, soy hunch. he's he's probably the one. John McKee says McGee. Sorry, the left call uh, Trump Orwellian. Then people who have control over information discuss the idea of controlling it to sway public opinion. Yeah. Also, isn't that what they're accusing the Russians of doing? Yes, the left is very good at accusing people of things they themselves are. It's but when they do it it's for good and virtuous purposes and it's in the it's in line with the the arc of history that bends toward progress or whatever they're talking about navy blue eyes i'm working on a startup it would be a video news feed that focuses on current events from both sides of the aisle is there any chance you'd be interested in joining any chance to talk i although i appreciate the super chat um i'm so plugged in and i've curated kind of my own thing. So I, I'm not really sure that I would have much use for it. Send, also, send, I don't really send me an email, make me a pitch. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm open to hearing ideas. Thank you for that. Electric Chuck, Matt Appreciate and I once made love. He played me his song, his new song, Prelude to a Rape and the Rest is History. You did say <laughs> Prelude to a Rape, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what, that's what the accusation is. It was, <laughs> it was like, um, I don't know. That's the best way I can describe it. I'm sticking with that characterization. Prelude to a rape. I'm going with it. Carnarvon yeah. uh, says, Blonde, obviously Matt is just Alberta light. We need your disparagement and utter contempt to straighten us out. Give it to us. Oh, please, please. Am wow. I that? I don't even think I'm that mean. Am I that mean, Caesar? He's like, bleh. Uh, Liberative says the original anonymous letter was waiting on the availability of a suitable accuser, much like Rosa Parks wasn't the first black hmm. woman refuse to give up her seat on the bus you'll note the lack of specifics yes it's the kind of story that um is unverifiable in its entirety but has the appearance of truth what was it that ben shapiro said today on twitter he pray tell uh i don't have the tweet in front of me but he did say that the the accusations themselves are are credible but he also noted all the reasons why they are all, all the all the shortcomings, I suppose. It has but the appearance of credibility, really, really, Ben. I, I was, yeah, I, I, I. Uh, well, God, my my reaction so was, wrong. I 
disagree when I, with that. When I read the tweet, that was my initial reaction, yeah. Yeah. We'll just, see what he says. I'm sure he'll talk about it tomorrow. Um, Navy Blue Eyes, I'm... Oh, actually... Did I just read that? Yeah, I think I did. Or did you send it twice? Navy Blue Eyes, I think you sent the same one twice. I'm sorry. Hmm. Uh, Nancy Muncy, regarding Kavanaugh allegation, oh my gosh, was there also a pubic hair on her coat? Uh, Redica says the Kavanaugh accuser is going to have to come up with more than a misdemeanor accusation that is unproven. If I'm going to lynch the man, there's going to be, there's got to be a Justine blue dress. I hear mm. you. Um, Lil Wang says Ruth Bader Ginsburg identifies as Stephen Hawking. <laughs> That's true. She did kind of have the look. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is Navy Blue Eyes. I am starting a startup. No, no pun intended. It's an ad-supported video newsfeed based on facts mm. and rankings based on super chats and debates conducted on weekends. Would fact-checking peeps like you to be interested in joining? I don't know. Just shoot us an email and we'll and we'll review. send me your pitch. I'll take send a look. Appreciate it. Um, Matt Dath says or Dath again sticks is right. I've worked in a nursing home long enough to be grim about Ruth Bader Ginsburg's next few years. She's already beaten the odds at this point. Mm. I saw he uploaded about it today. I think I haven't listened to it, but I'll have, oh, really? I'll have to give it a listen. Yeah. Uh, Dan Lopez Jefferson wrote the voting should be limited to property owners and taxpayers since they don't have anything that politicians can bribe them with. Do you think going back to the system could solve our country's problems? Hmm. Yes. We've spoken to that a little bit. Uh, I don't know that I have thoroughly thought out <laughs> A, th a thoroughly thought out uh, position on that. But I am sy sympathetic to the idea that, I mean, it's, this is as your brother explained it to me, and he made a very good case that voting without skin in the game is just two wolves and a sheep voting for what's for dinner. There is mm -hmm. some truth to that. And yeah. when you have a whole bunch of takers voting in opposition to a whole bunch of producers, you have some real problems. And I don't know that this country was ever, that the concept of voting was ever created with the idea of voting to take away other people's property. Yeah. Which is what it is used to do a lot of the time these days. Yeah. So there are definitely problems. Um, Willie Brown, MG, after moving to San Jose from Texas and seeing the reaction here during the Trump rally chaos, you two have helped me keep sane. Oh, well, thanks. Um, I was going to say, I... you, you moved the wrong direction. Most people are going the other way. <laughs> Maybe you had to. I wish I could give more, but the taxes I pay to live in this failing shithole prevent me from doing so. Sincerely, thank you. Thank appreciate you so it. much. Thank really you. appreciate it. Stay sane, hopefully. Yeah, do your best. Um, Nick Kramer says, I like your show, and I like you, Nick. Mm. Thorin Parps, a little something to show my appreciation for the intellectual training listening to you guys has provided. Keep it up. Thank wow. you. Wow, thank Maybe you. right in the feels today. Real Reason says, if Trump has to nominate a female, Judge Dems can accuse her of child rape or every nominee will be <laughs> shot down by, there are lots of, by fornicating allegations. Yeah. Hmm. Must just, just, um, just find like a hard, just find, just find Scalia in R2 Dindu's body <laughs> wheel her in there. You know, because so then, because then all the accusations will be transphobia, racism, sexism, yeah. uh, ableism. You can just yeah. use their own uh, attack lines against them. That'd be great. Then Supreme Court will be disabled and eventually will die off. We'll see about hmm. that. Uh, Chicken Fried Monkey, love y'all. Always a great show. Especially love Matt's video on guns this weekend. It was a good video. Just got my oh. new AR-15 sided with its new laser sight. And this chick is also real foxy. Well, congrats, terrorist. It. A chick with a gun, you say? Yeah, a, a wow. hot chick. She's got nice, long, big hair. Good for you, Chicken mm. Fried Monkey. You'd love it. Matt Blanc, gorgeous as always. Thank you. Making me feel inadequate in Kentucky. Oh, she's got the wow. cute little voice, too. 
Oh, is that Shelby right. from Kentucky or somebody else? Uh, actually, no, it's not Shelby. Different Kentucky, and we have We've two got a females in Kentucky. Yeah, two female you're viewers wow, from we're Kentucky. Who really blowing up our show. I we're know. doing great. Uh, thank you for that, uh, Jared Tank. Fucked up my note last week, but wanted to thank you too for keeping me sane as I'm living with my hardline Dem family in California. Mm. Love you both. Sincerely, a Gen Zer. Hang in there, bud. They'll always love you, maybe. I, I appreciate hearing from younger generations, too. That's really cool. Good luck. Uh, Jason Takis, I know you always struggle with the name. What percentage of Bozeman has turned to the dark side, debating moving back to Livingston area or Bozeman? Hmm. Uh, I do have gen- I do actually have worries about Bozeman. Um, yeah. uh, t- to be transparent, Bozeman voted Hillary in 2016, or Gallatin County did. And I blame most of those, uh, those college kids, because... This is, you know, Bozeman's a city of like 40,000, but we got 15,000 college kids coming in. And the California plates I see everywhere are increasing every day. Or maybe it's just my own confirmation bias, but I swear there are more and more and more of them. So I'm worried about Bozeman specifically, not worried about Montana, the state, not yet, at least. And I don't think Livingston necessarily. Livingston's about 20 miles away. I wouldn't worry about it there. But I listen, I, I mean, I've I've scouted out some retreat points for like 20 years from now. I'm already thinking about this stuff. Yeah. Because it could happen. I'm worried about it. Yeah, as long as everybody has guns, you know, you can take back the land if you need to. Yeah, I'm just worried about all the stupid stuff coming in, like all the gun regulations and high taxes and all the California policies coming in to take over around here. It could happen. I'm, I'm not worried about it tomorrow. I am worried about it in 20 years. Um, John Martin says NASA has been altering historical data to cool the thirties and forties and so on to create an upward temperature trend lying bastards. Yes. They also enlisted a lot of scientists to do their dirty work. And then that email exchange that was leaked pretty much, um, solidified this theory that this was an invented, a government invented conspiracy. I mean, I do believe that it's possible we're in a warming trend, but I have really seen no evidence that humans are responsible for it. I wish I could do a, a good Al Gore impression to rebut you, but we'll have to save that for another day. Sock Papa Joe, according to Hillary, we are deplorables and to creepy Joe Biden, we are the dregs of society. I'm fine with that. If Hillary thinks I'm a bad person, then that kind of makes me feel good inside. <laughs> uh, Joshy Boy, does this apartment complex come with identical furniture, identical furniture arrangement? I know. Mm. It, it, exceptionally stupid of her. I'd imagine she was drunk. Yeah, that would be a judgment that would be less immediately made in the context of intoxication, for sure. Or perhaps she has such a bad directional sense, <laughs> or she's so bad at counting that she didn't know if she was on floor three or four. All of these things are possible. Okay, oh, fuck it. Letter What's four. next? Uh, shooter, uh, shooter down under Mark Knight's Twitter is back, and he no, he restored it. Did he? Good. Also, the color he used for Osaka is the same as the one he used for Serena. Yeah, but he did make her blonde, you know. I mean, I don't know. I just thought it was weird. I'm not prepared to make, like, racial allegations. Yeah. I just thought that it was kind of weird. I don't care. Like, I, the point is that Serena was acting like a jackass, not the race of, like, Osaka in the background, you know? Oh, Jacob says, blonde, my disappointment is measurable. My day is ruined. Is something, oh, that's right. It's something Review Bra said after eating some lackluster Popeyes. Oh. <laughs> it's been widely memed. That was the joke. Sorry, gotcha. Jacob. And sorry, I didn't get it. And then you had to follow up with more money <laughs> <laughs> so I could explain that. I, I always worry because we know we, it's, we don't get these super chats in immediate context. So we kind of forget what they're referencing. And then I feel bad because it's like, oh, if you're spending money to make a joke land and then it doesn't land because it yeah, it's over our head. Still- sorry about that sorry sorry uh matthew vicari black and white cop in the wrong give yourself a rim job for that one 
Whoa. What? Oh, did I say black and white cop in the wrong? I guess that would be, yeah, sorry about the, the racial undertones uh, that I'm sure would be, uh, someone else would say I have implied racism on that basis. But why You're is it rim racist. job? Why is it rim shot? Because one time on our show, instead of saying rim shot, I think I said rim job and then we joked oh. about it. Okay. Or the gotcha. live, no, no, I didn't say that, but the live chat convinced me I did. That's what oh, it was. Gotcha. Dangerous Space says, remember when Serena came back from having a baby and people complained she was ranked so low compared to other players? She was ranked low because she wasn't playing. But of course, it's sexism. Yep. Always. Uh, J-Rock, vote Rob Ford for president. Uh, Mithroth, blonde for president. Oh, wait, no, stay home. Yeah, for real. That would be a job I would hate to have. It, it's like my nightmare job. My first order of business is no women in any leadership capacity anywhere. And now I, re now I resign. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. really. Yeah. Um, although I've mentioned it before, if I could vote for Faith Goldie, I I would for Trump. We'll pull a David Hogg and um, contribute to her contribute to her campaign and vote for yeah. her fraudulent. But it has to be a special kind of woman, like if Ann Coulter ran for anything. Hmm. Um, BV says you guys should look up donor operator sometime. We actually have yeah, he's got a yeah. great channel based on all things police. Could either play some sovereign citizen bingo with him or have him on for an interview. We've invited we, him on. We uh, have spoken with him. Yeah, it just it didn't him. work out for whatever reason. But uh, we could try again. It's been a little yeah, while. It has. Um, John Martin. Just because I love blondes, laugh. It's like mean music, isn't it? Hmm. Uh, Jay Edgar says missed that whole show on the phone the whole time. Having that values conversation, Matt told me to have. Oh, so nice. Checklist. I hope it. Hope went. you caught the Packers game today too. I know he's a big Packer guy, so Packers Vikings game was the disappointing game I was talking about that ended in a tie. Ah, a tie. Yeah. Okay. Joseph Shook, you should try to interview Thomas Saul. He's brilliant. Oh, that'd be awesome. That would be a huge get. Yeah, I would, would love that. Maybe we could. I've got his book uh, back. That black one back oh, really? there is. Uh, yeah, is his newest book. That black book. What? What do you say? Yes, that black book. God, racist. Henry Young, I believe, right? Yeah. Finally caught you guys live. Please take, please take some of my money. We will. Thank you. Rommel says Edwoa. Is that really her name? Yes. Edwoa. A-D-W-O-A. Love you guys. No Not, did, did he write Edwoa or Adwoa? Edwoa, but woe was spelled like whoa. Oh, it's, yeah. It's Adwoa and it's, yeah, it's not like whoa. Just a W-O. Silly King, 1991. I usually try not to waste these things by putting in some kind of joke. So, dot 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 the DNC. Womp womp. <laughs> <laughs> I reload this. I think that was Good the last one. one. All right. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get out of here. Appreciate everybody hanging out, um, and uh, of course, appreciate everybody's support for the show and uh, keeping us uh, afloat and operational, keeping the duct tape operational, duct tape production operational. It's past two hours. I can't talk. Thanks for putting up with the helping blonde buy new lights and all this stuff. I know, and for out. the glare on my face. Sorry, guys. If you're listening later uh, on YouTube or on an audio platform, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. Remember, there is more material, including the call-in show, other interviews, stuff like that you won't find on YouTube. On the audio platforms, those are Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. They're all linked conveniently in the description for you, and you can always email us. That is beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. We will be back next Sunday. Because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It is Beauty and the Beta. Thanks, everybody. Have a good Bye, night. Guys.
Bye.